0: You're listening to Hillary Simply, and I'm your host, Hillary. In the words of Albert Einstein, I have no special talents. I'm just passionately curious. So let's get curious, unpopular and honest on endless topics together. 2 1 Here we go. Episode number 1 of Simply. Oh my god, I can't even say my own name. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Hillary simply podcast, and I'm here with Mackenzie Ross. I'm so excited to have you.
1: I am so excited to be on episode one i'm we've been talking about it for so long, and I'm so glad it's finally here.
0: We were just talking about Rachel Hollis, yeah, and how what we were thinking and that and that road of weirdness. Um okay, so. We got there by you bringing up somebody who's local, who is a, what again?
1: Oh, I was talking about um, the other podcaster, right? Yes. And how they, yeah, so that's Jenna Kutcher. Jenna Kutcher, I wish she was local. She okay. lives up in, I want to say she lives in Montana, I think is where she lives. Got she it. She lives a gorgeous little town.
0: But we got there from like, um, oh man. all the people that weren't able to listen to our earlier conversation we were talking about the oh the the magazine local magazine yeah there we go growing up local okay
1: Um, growing up uh reno tahoe is the name of her publication and she does a quarterly magazine um but we were talking about you know people that are in the community and have a niche or speak about a specific topic and how she utterly like destroyed her her reputation just by just saying a couple tiny little things that changed the way that she's outlooked. And one of the, the main one you and I were talking about was her Rachel um, Hollis. We're uh, Rachel, yeah. Rachel Hollis. Yeah. Sorry. Um, her main, like I guess fall to like who she was, was how she did all of these things and talked about all these platforms. Like she was an MLM, like a multi-level marketing, um, like go-to speaker. And then she started to like harp on them and tell them how terrible they are and, it was like well, that's your ideal client. Like, what's wrong with you? Why would you say that? So
0: yeah, like people. Um, I mean, I I view MLM as like the beginning of like people who want to have some kind of entrepreneurship yeah. but aren't quite sure how to get there. And she's a little bit more of like girl power. Um, I'm not a. Is she a coach? Would you consider she, her a coach?
1: She is, but I don't know how you can hire her. I know she has like we spoke about that that marriage retreat that she has and. Um, they would, uh, those MLM companies like Monet and Arbon and all of those, they would hire her and have her come speak at these. And MLMs are uh, uh, the beginning of entrepreneurship. And for women, I think 95% of women that are in MLMs are the, are, are making six figures, like that's how yeah, most like women backbone. make their six-figure yeah. incomes, but is still MLMs. get to stay home, right? Yeah, like, and stay home and yeah. raise their kids or have their hobbies or whatever their passion is. But this is one of the ways that women make a lot of their money is off of MLMs and mm-hmm. and working in those in those types of fields because it gives them the flexibility to do what they want and how they want and be there for their family. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: What? Well, so, what did she say? Do you know
1: she? I don't remember like word for word you can look it up on YouTube there are tons of people that like bash her and her books and talk about her like raced rise to fame and then the fall you know of her and um I know she made a really bad comment about um housekeepers and how she is not down to earth and not relatable and that was like her platform of like how she started was she was relatable she was down to earth she was not like the rest of them out there. She wasn't Tony Robbins who had no connection to, you know, ground zero. She mm-hmm. she started from ground zero. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of funny to like watch how that ride, you know, how she went from, you know, nothing to where she was today and back down to nothing again. I don't know if she'll come back. I, yeah, I'm not really a fan, but I love living off of the drama of her like fall. <laughs> You're like, let's fall, um, let's fall.
0: I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, and maybe that's why this culture has become so, um, like quick to like i don't know quick to judge and jury i guess would be a way to say it is like so swift in like judgment and it's like it's interesting like it catches your attention um which is kind of sad but it is what it is so yeah i i read her books in book club with a few of my girlfriends and some of them were like i actually liked the books yeah um and maybe it's because I had these like big dream ideas about, you know, where I was going with my career. And so I was like, yeah. And, and a, a lot of the women that I do my book club with are stay at home moms. And yeah. so they're a little bit, um, they're not quite in that world of like, okay, this is what you do to build your next, whatever. This yeah. is like the way of thinking that you should have in order to reach the next level, you know, cause they are, they like the level they're at. They're yeah. They're, you know, or
1: they're in, it's such a, It's such a terrible moment. They're uneducated in the way to do it. Yeah. Women are like neglected in the, in the like growing businesses field. Mm -hmm. There's not enough of us out there encouraging each other and it just isn't there. So that she was, I will give her that. She did an amazing job building up some of these people Mm -hmm. and she did write her books. I think she had six or seven books before uh, Girl Stop Apologizing and Girl Wash Your Face came out yeah. that just flopped and that one took off and that's what really was yeah. the start of her career was that one book.
0: I wonder, I think I've read the two, mm-hmm. you know, Girl Wash Your Face and Girl Stop Apologizing and I, one of them, and I think it's the Girl Stop Apologizing is like she says something along the lines of um, buy the first class ticket like stop like wear the shoes that you want to wear buy the first class ticket if that's what you want and and it was actually one of those comments that got talked about in my book club the most about how like unrealistic that was like just because you want to doesn't mean you you can can. (laughs) like and it doesn't mean it's a good choice and so but for me in reading I remember reading that phrase and being like yeah I'm gonna buy that first class ticket Ah." so I think yeah it's just perspective I guess but I I will say when she came out with, when she announced that she was like divorced mm-hmm. and then came out with her book about being divorced, yep. like felt like almost simultaneously. And I have to go look up to see yep. when she announced the one actual, versus yeah, the other. Publication date. But I was yeah. a little mad.
1: <laughs> I think you and a lot of other people and, and you and I kind of spoke quickly about this, that it's totally fine. Life happens. Divorce happens. We understand. And. One of the main things that her and her husband did was do these marriage retreats for thousands of dollars and fixed people's marriages, quote unquote, for it almost to be a slap in the face for some of these people that they went to these retreats, got help from this person, and then found out that their marriage was not there and that they weren't together and that they weren't working, you know, Together on their marriage, and that they had completely separate lives and all this stuff. So these people were like, "Why did I pay thousands of dollars to get marriage life information from somebody who literally just gave up?" Is kind of like their comment and their their life about it. So they were a little
0: yeah. Well, a it's all like that a, way about it, like a sham. Which yeah, it's funny because like from a business perspective, I'm like, I get it. Like your entire platform is based on this loving marriage and relationship. Yes, and. You're selling these tickets. I didn't even know they had a marriage retreat. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: marriage retreat and then Rise, their yeah. other big conference like that they have.
0: All your books are based around not necessarily just being an entrepreneur as a woman, but an entrepreneur who has 2.5 children. Actually, they have four, don't they? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah or, I think some um, of them are adopted. I think
1: that's where that kind of yes, comes in. Yes. They yes are.
0: Yeah. And she talks about that in her books. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like,
1: yeah, you're a half child.
0: Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> um,
1: Oh, that's me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you said two and a half and I'm thinking like, is that I the think, adopted kid that's I mean, a half child? Like I, what did she mean? But see, this, well, she has four. So.
0: four kids.
1: <laughs> I don't love her. So yeah. Well, yeah. Not to those kids, but like she just drives me nuts. Yeah. No, I get you.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think a lot of people felt like, Oh my God, this is all a sham. And so when her book came out, I'm like, how long did you, did it take, I mean, how it long did it take you to write this to, book yeah, like, and how long have you been on the rocks basically in like, like, did you have a sit down with your ex and, and go, Hey, I really want to write a book about this before I tell anybody that we're getting divorced or, Hey, this might hurt our numbers so or boost numbers yeah if I write this book we got
1: to get divorced like I don't know it just seemed like you said like the dates are kind of weird she announced it during the pandemic that they were separating and then the book was right after that and uh, she's just kind of all over the place and I feel like she's backtracked and and kind of just taken apart her niche and isn't really loving on them anymore the people that really built her business in her life
0: what do you think she's doing I have no idea.
1: Next, every right. every once in a while, I'll pop on there and see. But she had some really big political things that she shared and said that did not do well. And I don't know if you can come back from that. There are there are a few people that can come back from a mistake that they've made, you know, political wise, mm-hmm. especially with you know, just not being down to earth. I mean, and not even being aware of what you're saying or what you're sharing, what you're doing, and blaming other people. So. Uh, unless she takes ownership of like her mistakes, I don't think anybody's going to care to take Mm. her back.
0: Do you know what she said?
1: She, she took some, um, quotes from some very, very famous, not only just black women, but black people and others from the past and used them as her own. And she like sold them off as her own. And then when she quote unquote found out about them, she went back and was like, Oh, that was my social media staff and they're fired but took no ownership of it like you have no way of looking like it's on your social media account you can't not take ownership of that cuz you post pictures of yourself on there like you have to take some ownership for the mistakes that you've made and then i think she got on it was either tiktok or uh reels or stories or something like i don't remember which one it was and said something about her cleaning lady cleaning toilets even during the pandemic and how she is not relatable. She doesn't want to be relatable. And it was like- I Rachel mean, just, doesn't want to yeah. be relatable? she does not want to be relatable. And she was like, I hire the people to take care of my house and clean it. And almost like a screw them, like that's their job. And I don't give a, sh- like, I don't care about them kind of thing. So it was like, oh. Kind like, of like
0: saying, I- come clean my toilet, even though there's a pandemic. I don't really give a crap what's going on. Yeah, my toilet needs to of, be yes, cleaned. Yes,
1: kind of. Like in that, that's kind of like the context that it was taken for a lot of people. And she still didn't take ownership of that either. So it was just kind of this- this past year, I think, has been really tough on her. Anyways, I think on many people, but I think she just she is just completely disconnected from like real world and what it's like to actually be a human being. I feel like, and that just that took her out. big time. Or,
0: or, I mean, I feel like she's of the age where you could start to say she's going through a midlife crisis, right? Like, oh, sh- possibly, yeah. I, I mean, feel like I might be going through a midlife <laughs> crisis, but whatever. I
1: mean, I I think that we as humans go through lots of things in life. I think we go through times when we've experienced something like I, I will use my pregnancy as a as an example after giving birth to Sloan that was massive for me that was that was totally life-changing the thing that I accomplished with giving birth to her like hands down best experience but there are so many things that we go through that change us as humans that
0: the birth or having a, a child in general the birth of it really yes okay yes. I mean
1: yes I love her and she has changed me yes as a person I used to be just a girlfriend or just a woman. Mm -hmm. And then I turned into a girlfriend and a fiance and a wife. And now I'm a mom, which I love all of those pieces of it. But the, like the massive turn point for that was definitely giving birth to Sloan. Like that was out of body experience. Amazing. Giving birth to
0: her. She was awesome. I need you to walk me through this. (laughs) Like, what does that mean exactly here? I'm going to turn this a little bit towards you. That's totally fine. There you go. Okay. Um. So. Like Was it just, was it the feelings? Was it like the euphoria? Was it like, like, did you have this idea about what birth looked like before and then it was like totally blown out of the water? Like, explain to me life-altering, life-changing, giving birth.
1: So prior to that, I don't, all of my siblings gave birth via C-section, Okay. They scheduled them. They like went out of their way and like I had my first C section. Like I might as well just keep going. And they had more C sections, which is fine. However, you like get they birth chose to have a C section, or like oh
0: the first one it was a- okay, and then the yeah. second one I'm we're not going to have a v- a lot of doctors don't even do yes V-backs. they won't do
1: v backs and there are awesome doulas out there and there are awesome midwives and awesome doctors out there that will do v backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was an emergency C section because he was breech, and then uh, they and. I think they were about five years apart and she still scheduled C-sections for them and, you know, her choice, her idea, however she wants to bring this child into the world or whatever safe for the two of them. That's mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Um, my other sister, same thing. She went into labor full blown labor and then had to go back for a C-section emergency C-section. Uh, there wasn't anything too complicated, um, going on, but they did want to do a C-section. So they took her back for C-section and she had C-sections for her next two. Uh, I think she discussed VBAC on her last one and I think ended up going forward with the C-section anyways. Uh, and then my sister-in-law, not sister, but my sister-in-law, she also did um, C-section for her too. I think the first one was definitely emergency, must needed, And then I think just maybe convenience-wise or ideal-wise just did the second one that way. And I went to our doula um, with my husband, Mitchell, and was talking to the doula about what I wanted to do. And Mitchell was like, I don't think you're going to do no epidural. Like, we'll keep that open. And I was like, no, I really want to try. Like, yeah, I don't want to drug my baby and drug myself. Like I want to experience the whole thing. And I want to feel her pain the way she mm. feels it. And I do you
0: think they feel pain coming out?
1: There's I mean, no way. You're not allowed to drink alcohol or smoke a cigarette or smoke marijuana or do all of these things because it affects your baby, but somehow the epidural just avoids them. Like, you can't convince me of that. I'm no doctor, but like, how does that work? So I don't know. So well, I, I just have this maybe like- Maybe because
0: it's right into, well, it's still- I don't go through the bloodstream
1: <laughs> and they're attached like to a, your bloodstream. a block
0: of like, spinal block. We should Google this at yes. some point. Okay. I, and
1: like I said, I'm no doctor, but that's where my mind goes. It's like I'm not allowed to do all
0: of these things because that also depends you. on what doctor you have. Because yes. mine was kind of like, you know, a glass of wine every <laughs> once a week. It's no yeah. big deal. So no big deal, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I, you, you do so many things as, as a pregnant woman, you give up drinking and obviously to each their own, some drink, I, I did, I chose not to, I quit drinking almost a whole year before we got pregnant with Sloan because I was starting to have like medical things around it. It was making me really sick and I felt absolutely intoxicated, drunk, like dizzy room after not even a glass of oh, wine. Weird. So I just cut everything altogether, and, and now you know, future wise, I only drink a glass of champagne when there's a celebration or a party or, you know, wedding or something. But alcohol was one thing I gave up during that. But to go back to like really the pregnancy wise, like carrying her was a mission and a half. Anyways, I gained 65 pounds with this girl. 65, 65 You're pounds. are so tiny. I know we had high amniotic fluid. She measured large. She was nine pounds, two ounces. She well, was thank God. Cause could, I mean, me. that
0: means that most of that was going to come off pretty quickly. <laughs>
1: You know, bounce back is like a whole nother conversation. But, you know, (laughs) whatever. Okay, sorry.
0: I digress. Back to this euphoria
1: and and labor. We met with our doula. I told her I wanted to do an unmedicated birth. That was something that was really important to me. And she was like, I think you can do it you can do it. If you put your mind to it, you can totally do it. So we took her birthing classes. She taught us the Bradley method, which is a, an amazing way of your connection with your significant other and giving birth to them being more there and helping with different positions and all of these things that help during the labor process. And she really broke down the process so that I understood it. I am one of those, like, I have to understand the ins and outs of everything. And then I can make a decision. That's just how my mind works. Like very analytical. Oh, big time. Yeah. Unfortunately, like (laughs)
0: yeah i understand that same here i well it's funny because i'm talking to you like i haven't had three vaginal births but i have so were yours medicated um yes yes but i i don't know if it's something with like my metabolism which seems really stupid because i'm chubby so i'm always like my metabolism metabolism is terrible but i'm like thinking like they don't work yeah It It doesn't work work. for some people. And
1: for some people it... Or it like worked on one side. Yes, it works on one side or your whole leg will go gone. And my analytical brain went to, oh my God, if you give me a block, if you give Mm. me this epidural, I'm going to go complete. Like I need control over my body. Like I do. And it's something that's really important to me that I get to make that choice. So being in a position where I didn't have control of my body and not knowing what that experience was going to bring was like, that was a no-go for me. That was overload McKenzie's mind. Like she didn't know how to process. So she was like, no, I can eliminate this one piece of it that I know won't affect my body and it won't affect my kid. And I'm going to bring her in this world this way. And I went into labor 4am on Sunday. We were supposed to go in that night at eight o'clock to get our um, to get uh, induced because she you know wanted to wait forty one weeks in a day, like most nice. babies, darn girl, <laughs> and went into labor that morning. I labored at home until two o'clock, and the doula came over and really helped uh, with that whole process. so
0: um, you had planned to be induced, but she decided she
1: decided on her own time oh, that she was coming nice. that morning, yeah, okay. and I was so thankful because I was worried about the induction too. I was like. I'm going to get induced like that's I'm first gateway in my mind to like a c-section so I was Uh-oh. like yeah I mm-hmm. was like panicked anxiety like I was a total mess so hopefully but you're she also like felt 40, that. 41 <laughs> weeks
0: and you're like get out. get out of here
1: yeah my hips were like destroyed by this time but she decided to make her entrance and I was violently ill probably nine o'clock on nine o'clock to two o'clock violently sick and like 9 a.m to, to 2 9 a.m to 2 p.m and Ew. our doula had to write she was like after birth she was like I wrote other doulas because I was like I've never seen this amount of sickness before the way that you were like violently ill over the trash can and the toilet I was like a little white girl wasted drunk girl is how much I was throwing oh my it gosh was ridiculous and I labored at home until about two o'clock and when my water broke there was meconium in it so we had to go oh to the hospital no. immediately okay. and she said don't panic just okay for breath. those
0: people not listening meconium is oh yeah uh poop they bowel pass their yeah they yeah.
1: passed their first bowel movement in, in utero. utero yeah got it and that's there's like meconium. an infection
0: scare that could okay. yes they so. can uh,
1: and they do they do breathe it in because they're able to breathe within utero at that point that's crazy them you know yeah. through their mouth and their nose and Um, we got to the, um, we got to Renown and, um, our doula, you know, said the thing, whatever. And we got all checked in and the lady checked me and she said I was nine centimeters dilated.
0: And you're like, this baby's coming right now. This baby's coming.
1: Yeah. And it was two o'clock. So I was like, okay, so it should happen like any time now, like no big deal. And she was like, okay, we got to get to 10 centimeters, whatever. And, um, she was like, I guess you're not doing an epidural. And I was like, I don't think that's an option at nine and a half centimeters, but you tell me you're the doctor. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, no, you can't get it. And I was like, yeah, I know that. Like,
0: yeah, I'm here already. Yeah. And now did you have a moment of like, oh my God, what if I want it? No. Cause not you, at all. Okay. Mm-mm. Cause for I, me, yeah. I might be like, okay, I'm going to try to do it without it. But then the moment that I'm not allowed to, it's like somebody's taking it away from yeah. me. Like, yeah. And
1: then you want it, you yeah. want it super bad. And I think because I labored at home for so long. I didn't have that option. Nobody was giving me an epidural in my house. And, um, I, I mean, like I said, I labored until two o'clock at home and I was already nine centimeters dilated when we got there. So there was no option to get one. And yes, the pain was there. Yes. The pain was awful, but I, I wanted to bring her in a specific way. Mm -hmm. That was something that was really important to me. And the accomplishment of bringing your child into this world, the way you want to, is totally empowering. And just bringing a child into this world, regardless, you just grew a human and birthed mm-hmm. them. That's mm-hmm. a, like high five to you. Good mm-hmm. job. Like if nobody told you good job, like good job. Cause it's a free mission and a half. I don't it care is. how you bring them in this world. They, it, it's, it's tough on your body and on your mental state. And I'm just so thankful that there are doctors that do help you through this process if you need it. But I, I wanted to do it one specific way.
0: And my mind was set. I was going for it. And I believe that my uh, my lovely, stubborn friend, like you're, you're, if, if you've made up your mind about how it's happening, it's that's happening how it's that freaking yeah, happening or it's not happening at all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or you can check me out cause it's not happening. Yeah. So it, that was life changing for me. Um, it was the first thing I felt like I really accomplished that was mine that I could really take ownership for that. I said, I put my mind to it and I did it. And mm-hmm. I accomplished it, and I did such a you know I did a good job, and I'm okay telling myself that and tooting my own horn. Like you did an awesome job. You brought a nine pound baby in this world, God. and had to get a episiotomy and vacuum. Like
0: an episiotomy.
1: Yeah, it was it, it was oh. next level. Lo- like I did everything I possibly could to get this girl into this world naturally, with no no going back for C section or epidural or anything.
0: Okay, so I'm gonna back up again. Yeah. An episiotomy for those who are listening who don't know. I hope this is totally okay that I share this. I mean, you said the word, so I'm just going to. It's essentially where this baby is so large that they're afraid that you're going to tear completely from stem to sternum, if you know what I mean, hole to hole, and so they will cut you.
1: Yep, they cut you. And oh my gosh. I remember, so they vacuumed her first. I was a vacuumed baby. So I knew what vacuum, is a, vacuum is so they can do the forceps where they put the, the metal pieces on the baby and pull oh, them. Yeah. Or they do a suction and pull them out. And oh. she was, like I said, nine pounds with a very large head and was not coming out. She was stuck like ring oh. of fire stuck. She was stuck right there. And so they did the they did the vacuum. They will only do the vacuum three times before taking you back for a C-section, by the way. So when that second pop happened, I felt... A pop? Well, yeah, it pops because the thing pops off their head. So it makes like a oh, l- massive okay. popping sound. Okay. And so they vacuumed her twice. Both times failed. It didn't pull her through.
0: And that's when the pop.
1: And that's when the pop happens okay. is when the like suction pops off of their head.
0: Like, I'm assuming this is like some kind of pressure base, so oh, they yeah. don't want to hurt yeah. the baby. Yeah. So if it reaches a certain pressure, it just pops, it off. pops off. Yep. Okay. That's exactly okay. what it does. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And so they can only do it three times. And when that second time it popped uh, my heart fell to my stomach and I was oh. defeated. I was like, I lost is what I felt like. Cause you have to push during that process too. Yeah. And I had already been pushing for three hours. Like I was exhausted at this moment three and hours of pushing. it was a long time of pushing. Yeah. Like it was a long time, way too long. <laughs> oh my god. Come gosh. to think of it. I was exhausted. My entire body.
0: The most I ever pushed was forty five minutes and I remember being exhausted after that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I should have not pushed for as long as I did. And whatever, it was first time mom, first time pusher. Like you're no like, idea. I'm going I'm like, the whole way. I'm doing this. I'm getting this child out. So uh second time it popped off and they told me, you know, if we do this one more time, we have to take you back for a C section. And I I think the doctor saw the like just pure disappointment in my eyes. And she said, I'm going to do everything I can to get this baby out this way. Cause we're not going back for a C-section. I can tell you that much. Yeah. And so she said, we have another option before we do our, our third vacuum. And she said, it has to be an episiotomy and we're going to have to cut you. And I said, go for it. Like, I don't care. You're like Do it. I'd rather yeah. have that. I was like, are you going to be at least like, are you going to numb it a little bit down there? Or are you just going straight for the cut? And she was like, no, we'll numb you. And I was like, okay, good. Yeah. And at this point, like, who cares? You know, you're fully back, like aware and what's going on at this point in birth. And, you know, they did the thing. And I remember her yelling, I'm just going to reach in and pull her out. And she literally reached in and pulled her out is like, what happened she was like not letting me go back for a c-section she was just as much on board with me as everybody else and because she had swallowed meconium while she was in utero and you know with the water breaking they had told me she wasn't gonna cry when she came out which crying when your baby comes out like that's like the solidification like, like the I signal. did it like Dude. everything's yes, good everything's this good is complete now she didn't cry for 15 minutes because oh they had to gosh. suction her out so there were nine people Doctors and nurses in there for both Sloan and I, mm-hmm. and our doula and my, the doula and then my husband were in there. And this was, you know, prior to pandemic wise. So I know you can only have a couple of people in there now, but we had tons of people in there. And the second Sloane came out, they all yelled, and you know, everybody celebrated with us. It was like Yay. an amazing experience, and it was just, it was just good to like just bring her in this world that I wanted to. And it was totally life changing. It was like because you did it and you know they vacuumed her out or suctioned her out brought her to me and it was it was perfect it was like I did this and you know now she's my girl and we're best friends and she's mommy's girl you know yeah sorry dad's out there but her and I are thick as thieves I mean
0: if you've got if you've <laughs> been cut from one end to the other from one hole to the other I mean she better be my girl right? yeah <laughs> yes I, yes <laughs> for what
1: I did to bring you in this world you and I are best friends that's like, right you have no thank option you. Yeah. thank you <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, how crazy. So it's just a good experience. I don't know. What I'm hearing you say really is that like um, it was the accomplishment that you, like the true feeling of accomplishment that became very like euphoric for you and like the best thing you ever did. Yeah,
1: it definitely was. Cool. And there are lots, I mean, yes, I won track meets in high school and did other things in life where I got awards and whatnot, but nothing compares to that. Nothing at all compares to bringing her into this world. Like. That whole day was awesome. I will never forget that day.
0: Most pain you ever been in also? No.
1: Not at all. Like, I, and oh. I look back and I think about it and people are like, oh, you know, it's so painful, you know, oh, you'll forget about the day or like whatever about the pain. And um, I think the most painful part was she was stuck kind of like in my, she was stuck in my pelvis a certain way because of her head size. And we didn't know, doula and I didn't mm-hmm. know. And she had me do this one stretch And this one like way of like pushing her past my pelvis, that was uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. if you have a doula and a doctor, they'll walk you through how to do it. I'm not going to explain that because I'm not one of those two people. That was the most painful aspect of it. But besides that, no, I I think the part that I hated the most was like the throwing up. That was terrible. But no, that was not, nothing was painful. Nothing was as painful as that, that piece of it. The after was what oh, was the pain. My, like, yeah. the yes. pushing on your stomach, which all moms know and will never forget that pain. Like, that pain's the pain that I will never forget. It was
0: not that painful for me. Oh, my God. You know what Awful. was for me? I did not t- I I tore a little bit. Mm-hmm. That was the most painful part. And it wasn't the tearing. Yeah. And it wasn't the it's stitch. It's the recovery. Yes. I, yes. Felt, I felt like I had to sit on my foot as, yes. like, a donut. Yeah. Because you're just so swollen down yeah. there.
1: I, it, for, like, an entire week, mm-hmm. I, I did feel
0: yours probably far worse than mine. Uh, Yeah. I I I
1: think it was a, they, I already tore and then they cut me. I think I was a a level four, I think, or whatever the heck, a four, um, a fourth degree tear is how they, whatever degree tear. Um, that was what was painful. The recovery after the fact, and there are lots of men out there that are helpful. There are lots of, you know, family members and whatnot that are helpful, but to be honest, like you're home with them a hundred percent of the time. Like, mm-hmm. you're the one who needs to feed them. You need to cuddle them, like, and love on them. And you need it just for yourself, too, for your own yeah. recovery. And Even if they
0: were there, I'm sure you'd be yeah. like, I got this. I don't got worry. This. Yeah. You, I don't need you. It's yeah. fine.
1: Going back to my stubbornness, like, I wasn't going to let anybody else take care of my kid. Like, it's my kid. Like, she's I not, brought her into this world. I'm going to do all everything. Yeah. I don't know how to ask for help. So, put that on the list of things Mackenzie needs to do. But I just rate right, like just that whole week there was a lot of just healing that you need to do anyways and just you know just being exhausted they say you you know it's like running a marathon when you have a child and I felt that <laughs> big time felt that so just all the all the aspects and the pieces after after like I will never forget that pain and that like whole week after I had her it was just like you know it was what it was
0: well yeah I mean okay so with all that being said yeah Another one.
1: Oh, I don't know. He's been bugging me the past couple of like past 30 days.
0: He is in Mitchell. Yeah. 30 Mitchell. days. Yeah, in the past oh, wow. 30 okay. days, you so know what it is? It's the holidays.
1: Oh, I hope that's not why. I swear. I'll, something I'll out then and ask something again. Something
0: about like family and togetherness and like. Um, it makes, makes them all mushy. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. So
1: we had always planned on two always okay. always planned on two and we had always thought two boys was what we thought and
0: and here you are with a
1: girl here I am with a girl and you know she's got a boyish name she's got a masculine name it means warrior so that I don't think there are many women warriors out there it's definitely a more of a man-driven name and we had always thought about two we'd always said two and then we had Sloan and she's she's that kid that tricks you into having a second kid because she's mm. like awesome and then you have the spawn of Satan. Mm. I don't want the spawn of Satan. So. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Fast forward 10 years from now and oh, your, your next, years. your spawn of Satan listens to this and realizes Seriously, that you. Sorry for think. a
1: future spawn of Satan, but <laughs> you were kind of wanted. No, yeah. I don't know. We, we definitely go back and forth and we, we definitely are on one now. She fits our lifestyle amazing. She is awesome. There's a lot that changes when you go from one to two, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, going from no kids to a kid, that's a huge shift, uh, but she fits our lifestyle so well. And she's just such a great kid. She's definitely a nurturer and a mother. She's in like the diapering stage right now of like diapering every stuffed animal in our house and making sure that they're all well taken care of and you know that they go to sleep curve the right way and perfect you have a babysitter like already no so I'm like oh she'd probably love a sibling and I'm thinking "Mm, sorry I'm not gonna I'm gonna neglect you of this child but you know whatever
0: well it sounds like she'd be a really good help yeah she'd be an awesome help yeah okay so he's he's been bugging you he's been bugging me yes he's so like I said when he does
1: again in the next 30 days We'll have to have a conversation about taking out my IUD is what we're going to have to do. So So. he's
0: straight like, hey, let's do this. And you're like, eh.
1: Yeah. Well, because we had never, we, we had always said no kid, no kid. And now all of a sudden he's like, second baby, second baby. Do you want to do a second baby? And I'm like, dude, where's this coming from? Like, get out of here. You've like not mentioned anything. He watches a TV show one time oh. and there's two kids together. And he's like, look how cute it is. His actually what he refers to is, a uh, bluey and the sisters the little like cartoon tv show bluey they're australian I and it's like this dad empowerment it's like the cutest little show like the mom kind of gets pushed to the side but it's like dad's really involved dad's an awesome dad and there's these two siblings and their sisters and it's bingo it's like and reality bluey. or is this no 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 okay, no. Like, like total nickelodeon like full house type okay. no like cartoon show oh. like full-blown like mickey mouse clubhouse like you know, okay. cartoon show. And he loves watching it with Sloan. That's his TV show that he watches with Sloan. And he loves the, like the, the breakdown of like the family aspect of like the two daughters and the dad and how they always play together and hang out. And, you know, I think he's maybe envisioning this like daddy's girl maybe at some point. And I'm like, no, sorry, she's mine. <laughs> so I don't well, know just that's what's Do a boy uh, and then like, yeah. that'll be
0: good. Yeah, yeah. But I
1: don't want two girls. if I could guarantee boy second time I probably would but I don't want I don't think I want two girls (laughs) I don't think I want it I am not ready
0: (laughs) you know they can they can help you with that it's really expensive they can
1: help you yeah but you could do it that way possibly possibly we'll look into that because boy and girl would probably be fine I don't know. Or you can just know. leave
0: it up to God that is, and get yeah. what you get.
1: Yep, that is true. Leave it up to the little, the it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be what it'll be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So then when he says that to you, like what's your first, like your very first thought. Really?
1: You want a second one? That's like, wait a second. Like it totally catches me off guard every time he says it. And it's usually like we're cuddling and hanging out or we're watching a show or we're laying in bed, ready to go to sleep and our eyes are closed. He's like, second baby i'm like what seriously are you trying to like put these thoughts in my mind before i go to sleep so that i like have dreams about it and then like wake up in the morning and i'm like oh, baby number two so i don't know we'll see is it i
0: mean you're saying really like like not okay i have two ways that i perceive really like really are you freaking kidding me or really you want another no. one with me yeah and I mean, the way yes, you're saying course. it of the course. way you're saying it is really you want another one with me <laughs> Is my perception well of course, so. your hubby wants to
1: have another baby with you, and babies are adorable. don't get me wrong and uh, i'm a much I'm much more of that person. I was never a babysitter, hated other people's kids. I love my own kid, I loved my nieces and nephews, but being a mom is like totally different level, but oh, way different having that like Yes, of course, another baby would be a- absolutely adorable. But then I, analytical brain, think about okay, so when we go on an airplane, we're now not sitting in one section of seats unless we sit in first class and then we get the whole section. Thank mm-hmm. you, Rachel Hall. I'll mm-hmm. buy the first class ticket. But uh, who's watching this kid? Are we separating and you taking one? Am I taking one? Like when we go do these things and like, who's going to do the nighttime routine? Like, are you going to do the new one? And I'm going to still take care of a Sloan's nighttime routine. Or like, am I going to have to do both of them? Like, that's where my brain goes. My brain does not go to like, oh, yay, all the happy things. It goes to like, the oh work. my gosh, like all the work that goes with it. Yeah, because I'm mom. And we are very traditional in the fact that like, Mitchell provides a roof over our head Mm -hmm. and works his booty off. And I do a lot of the home stuff. Mm -hmm. I take care of our girl when she's sick. Like the last two weeks I was home sick with our girl with an ear infection and a high fever because I'm mom and dad's not staying home to take care of her. He's, you know, out working and whatnot. And mom is the one that's able to take off time and stay home with baby. And, you know, is
0: that do you think that comes from like a that's what I want to do or do you think that's like a little bit more like guilt based?
1: It's a little of both. I think, yes, of course, a guilt-based, like I'm mom, I should be the one doing it. And I was, you know, we put her down to bed last week and when she was sick and I looked at my husband and I was like, I just feel so terrible. She can't breathe. And I totally forgot to suck her nose before she went to bed. Like now she's all stuffy and I can hear her snoring. And he's like, just stop. Like you're beating yourself up for no reason. You forgot. It's okay. You had a, like a had a big day with her you were working you had a goal-setting retreat with a team that you still coach and you had to take care of a kid with an ear infection like stop beating yourself up and Mm -hmm. I think we just do that as moms anyways like Mm -hmm. we totally shame ourselves and guilt ourselves do
0: we normalize it though like sometimes okay so this is my thought when you're speaking like we almost normalize that kind of behavior or thought process so much that we then like We make excuses for it. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, that's just the way women are. That's just the way moms are. That's just the way, like, but do we have to be that way? I don't
1: think we have to, but I definitely live in that, like, I live in that way. I live in the... It is my responsibility. Of course, Mitchell picks up slack and is there for like, you know, because we couldn't send her to school. He stayed home and watched Sloan while I did my goal setting retreat. He watched her for three hours while I did that. I didn't mean like watch her like he's not a babysitter, but he took on mm-hmm. that. He left work and came home and made sure to be there for Sloan so that I could do my thing. So I think there is, you know, give and take and whatnot, but I, I am much more that doesn't pop into a man's head like you, he, does, he can't even go into a room and go find something that's literally in the same spot as he left it without coming back to me and saying, I don't know where it's at.
0: Mike often says to me, he often comes up to me and goes, I can't find la 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 la. And I'll open a drawer or something. And there it will be like put away. And he goes, ah, how dare you put things away?
1: Yeah, seriously. Like, it's so funny. Like, <laughs> men cannot do, like, they can't even find something. So my thought is, like, if you can't even think about finding something in a room, how are you going to remember to do the medicine on time and the every three hours and the and remember to feed them and cuddle them and make sure they're all tucked in with all their lovies and suction their nose? Like, they're not going to do all that. Like, that's a lot. Mo- like, that's what well, we understand and do.
0: Maybe. Maybe it's, like, both things. Like, maybe part of the reason that they can't remember all that stuff is because we don't force them to give, <laughs> force or yeah. give them the responsibility of remembering all that you know because the one time you don't stuff like do their nose and they're up every two hours like you you won't forget next time oh yeah like, you will right? not.
1: yeah that is true
0: um and like or maybe like it's our neurotic momness yeah like is it really going to destroy your night or her sleep if she snores some
1: no and that's what I think that was more of what his moment was was just remember tomorrow yeah like write it down and remember tomorrow and we can't I think we beat ourselves up a lot I think that's just part of who we are as humans anyways like men and women both like I listen to him and he'll beat himself up about work or the way he videoed something or the way he spoke or the way he said something like he beats himself up on his own time us moms just happen to do it on more of like a mom level. Or mm-hmm. us women do it more on a on a mom level. And we do we should normalize it more. We should be more aware of the fact that it's okay. Like it's mm-hmm. okay to do whatever, you know, as long as you have their best interest and your best interest, like you're not doing a bad job. Like if you forget, you forgot. It's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, like end of the day, as long as your intentions are good, yeah. like it's
1: gonna be okay. it's gonna be they'll, they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. You know what else I think is really powerful. And I've had to like come to this conclusion myself is remembering that some of those things, some of those things you view as bad or not good, or, or, you know, you feel guilty for as a mom are some of the best things that can ever happen to them. Yeah. You know, if you're a mom who's like always on top of your kid and their homework, and then they forget something, they may learn a really valuable lesson in missing their homework i know yeah. that's really yeah. like no. trivial homework I mean, wise but
1: i mean it's the same as like projects at work though i mean they do have to stumble and fall and and fail a little bit i just you know she's only two so i have this moment that like it's all on me she can't tell me mom come suck my nose no matter how smart mm-hmm. i think she is like mm-hmm. she doesn't know that but that's my job that's mm-hmm. still that falls in my category but no like schoolwork that's an amazing example like that has to teach you something for later on in life mm-hmm. you have a project that's due you have to work on it on your own time and figure out what that time frame is and not blame anybody else for it. You can mm-hmm. ask for help and, and reach out to people when you need it. But you knowing when that deadline is and turning it in on time is your responsibility. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if your dog ate it, SOL,
0: call a friend. I was just <laughs> thinking about this too, because I'm like, okay, well, let's say Sloan did wake up a bunch of times in the middle of the night and she did have a booger nose. Like maybe, I, I feel like two is kind of, maybe it's one all my ages are running together now (laughs) where they like start learning how to blow their nose and ask you to blow their nose. Yep. So like maybe this trivial conversation that we're having about nose blowing, maybe that'll just get her to the point where she knows to ask before mom, can you suction my nose or mom, can you blow my nose? Like,
1: yeah. Huh? Yeah. And until then I'll beat myself up (laughs) (laughs) and be reminded that it's not a big deal, that she'll be fine not a big fix deal at some point yeah not a big deal it's okay yeah. she's you know she's okay she's all right she's just snoring tonight yeah
0: so do you take do you take that then that guilt and roll it into like well what if there's two and I might miss something and no because I don't think
1: that far into it because I'm still convinced that we're only having one so yeah. okay okay <laughs> but yes I told it that would be where my brain would go yeah like I would then have to like think about the second one and be like wait a second are you are is your nose stuffy now we gotta suction your nose and they're like perfectly fine over there bedtime's gonna take me five hours i know i mean it already takes me 45 minutes from you know bath to bath to bed to get her down she's got her routine though like that routine is solid and i'm thinking like oh now i gotta do another routine another sleep training all this stuff like (laughs) yeah it's
0: exhausting it is you know what i will tell you though the second one and maybe this is in discredit to second children, but it gets so much easier. I think you give up some of that. I think you give up
1: some of that, like, Like, it needs to be
0: perfect. Like, bedtime has to look like this. Oh, heck
1: no. This girl sleeps for 12 hours. I ain't giving up that for anything.
0: Yeah, but, be, <laughs> but you're assuming that it's because you do XYZ. But oh, it I might just be because... No, I
1: know that it's because we do XYZ. Because before that, this girl was up every two hours. Mm. And then the second we sleep trained, 12 hours. And if we mess up the routine... 7 hours or whatever her like to get not up bad now. Oh, yeah, but it's no 12. That's true. I need time for myself at night. I need time to hang out on the couch and do nothing. I need time to make dinner. Make sure I get my hot tub. Some whoopee. Go to sleep. Some whoopee. <laughs> <laughs> go
0: whatever. Go to sleep. Whatever
1: you want to do. Have time for you and your significant other cuz that's also like that's really important cuz we always talk about like, well, maybe we'll push her bedtime a little bit cuz she gets up so darn early. Maybe we'll push her bedtime a little bit. And then we look at each other and we're like, yeah, but then we have no time for ourselves.
0: She <laughs> sleeps for 12 hours, 12
1: hours, seven to seven. This girl oh, sleeps from seven yeah. to seven.
0: That's nice. Yeah. I guess seven's not that early. I'm sitting here thinking I no, can like no. put her to bed at like five or six. And no, she's no, at, no, no, no. She goes okay. to bed
1: at seven o'clock. Yeah. No, five would yeah. be too. I, we did in the past. Um, but it just, it creep. We want her to fit into our lives. We don't want to, live Sloan's life we mm-hmm. want Sloan to live in our lives because you have to think like they're kids now yes but they're going to be grown adults at some point so you want to transition them like through life as to being more yeah you know more as an adult so yes no they're not going to sleep forever for 12 hours mm-hmm. I totally understand that and we'll push bedtime at that point but at two like they need however many hours of sleep and she gets her hours of sleep and she is hell on wheels if she does not get her nap and if she doesn't get her sleep like She's that kid that oh, no. needs her sleep, or she is an awful child. Not awful, but, like, you know she's not Sloan. Pretty like, bad. Pretty bad. Yeah, she's just, she's on it all the time, like, on you all the time, so.
0: Yeah, Bennett, Bennett's two. Oh, actually, he's about to be three, and he's a, he's a 8.30 to 7, 7.30 yeah. sleeper. So he's, like, 11 hours. Bad. Yeah, and yeah. that's not
1: bad at all. That's not bad at all.
0: The other day, oh, my goodness, he was wearing um Christmasy reindeer socks, and he insisted on wearing them to bed. Yeah. And sometime in the middle of the night, which God bless my spouse, but he got up Mike and he was, Bennett was screaming in his bed and Mike comes up there and he's like worried that he like fell out of his bed yeah. and he didn't hear like a thump or something. Cause now he's in a big boy bed and the three year olds like rummaging around in the sheets and he's like, Bennett, what are you doing? can't find my reindeer sock it had come off in the night and he was
1: like it's the end of the world murder screaming it's funny yeah you need to rubber band those on because i don't want that to happen
0: yeah i'll just take them off before he goes to bed and then that's a non-issue Footy jamas for everybody yes right
1: or make them wear their socks on the inside that's her that's her favorite thing to do it's like pick out her socks and then wear footy pajamas like you're gonna be so hot but if that's really what you want to do wear your darn socks girl like good for you
0: i don't know my kids like never end up sleeping in blankets, so <laughs> I figure footy jammers and socks is probably a good idea. It's pro-
1: yeah, it's probably good for them. Yeah, And they oh can my pick gosh. their socks and have them on, and they won't lose them. Yeah, <laughs> freaking okay. out. over socks in the middle of the night.
0: <laughs> yay me! <Little> yay kids! <laughs> okay, so all the things you have, all the fears you have about having a second mm-hmm. one, I'm hearing are like all associated with with what you won't won't be able to do with your first one anymore. Yep. Okay, so what is it, what are your cons or what are your, like, devil's advocate of only having one as opposed to two kids?
1: <laughs> we always joked. Okay, so only children have the stigma of being awkward, socially mm-hmm. awkward and weird, which I always laugh at because they're like, they won't have somebody to play with at home. And I'm like, I'm thinking, uh, who gives a shit if they don't have somebody to play mm-hmm. with at home? They just played with somebody all day at school. Like, mm-hmm. We're not keeping them home from school and like not socializing. I wonder if them that came, all. like,
0: I wonder if that came more from like, I feel like daycare is much more prevalent. Is that right? Like, uh, yeah. A lot more kids go to daycare yes. now than they ever have. Yeah. So maybe, you know, Prior 80s, 70s, that. 60s, 50s, if you had an only child, totally maybe they have. were yeah. a little
1: awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And they may Because me. they
0: weren't, yeah. Because they didn't have the same social skills yeah, as as others
1: well yeah. i will tell you mm. i'm one of five children i am the most awkward out of the five children like social no, nothing to do with being like, an only child and i got siblings on siblings so uh, i don't know i always laugh when people say that like i think that a single child actually becomes more well-rounded because they're with adults more often mm. so call on it, they're dependent upon you all the time one of our friends in the in the industry in the real estate industry, they're a husband-wife team. They also have a daughter, and uh, she's an only child. And that mm-hmm. was one of the things that they said, is that they don't go to their sibling to go play with. They come to you. Oh, yeah. And Let they me say, play a
0: board game Can with you. we play me? a board game? Watch and a movie with yeah. me. Yeah.
1: And I I think, like, well, why wouldn't I want to do those things? If I'm home, I would like to spend time with my child. I, I don't want to come home, and I don't want to do all these crazy things. I want to sit on the couch and hang out with my kid, or I want to play mm-hmm. Hungry Hippos with them or whatever. So yeah they depend more on you to play and at some point they're going to be 10 and 13 and not want to hang out with you anyways they're going to want to go sit in their room as a teenage girl so So fine I don't whatever like it'll happen quicker whatever (laughs) like okay bye go play in your room and she's really independent now she'll play she'll play kind of independently by herself and of course she'll come ask for us to play with her and watch shows and play her game on her phone and she's a normal child. She doesn't have like neglect by any means of like not having a sibling. Like mm-hmm. she is extremely social. She is the most social out of, I think all of us, like Mitchell's super social. I'm super antisocial unless you really know me and we're in a small group. And she is definitely like a good mix of both of us, but more dominant on the social aspect. So I'm not worried about her within that side of it. I can't, I'm sure there are more cons. I don't have any in my mind. I have more cons of having two than I do with having one and staying with Mm -hmm. one. She will be spoiled rotten. Mm -hmm. I knew from the second we were having a girl that she was going to be a spoiled rotten little Jewish princess, like (laughs) hands down, (laughs) like I don't care. I said I was having a girl. That's what's going to happen. Like she, she's going to be a humble bratty Jewish princess. (laughs) We're going to figure that out. It's going to be good. It's going to be awesome.
0: Okay. Well, can I share one of the immediate cons that comes to my head? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think this when you have multiple children too, right? Because you get into like you start getting into our age, and you're like, shit, I really need a will or an estate or something. Yeah, of course. Like when you guys are gone, yeah, and she's here by herself, by herself on this on this planet.
1: I mean, she's not. She has friends. She has family. She has. I, I mean, we always. Uh, we have friends over for game night all the time and she gets so excited when our, fr- when our friends come over, mm-hmm. she gets so excited when they come over and she has her cousins and she has her, she has friends and family. Like I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, she'll be by herself quote unquote because she does not have siblings like hands down understand that and family dynamics suck. You can't bank on it your entire mm-hmm. life. You have no idea what you're going to experience. That's true. And to be honest with you, uh, if if my parents were still married Mm -hmm. happily married you know 30 years down the road uh, you're an adult your parents pass away and then you're stuck with your siblings like uh, I don't care like it doesn't mean like Mm -hmm. they're not my they're not my rock and my core
0: gotcha okay they're not
1: and and I love them tremendously and I love my family and I just look at it more as like siblings or siblings and that's where they're at. And that doesn't, that wouldn't be like, oh my God, I don't have anybody.
0: Yeah. like I have yeah, friends
1: yeah. and I have family and I have, I have, yes, my siblings, but I have other friends and family that I can lean on and that I would go to and in a, in a time of need like that. So yeah, yeah that is definitely something that we've thought about. Definitely. Um, obviously we did put together our will, and our trust and where our money's going and our, you know, her inheritance and what her future will look like. That was something that was really important to Mitchell and I because of that. So we definitely Mm -hmm. have somebody for her to go to. We actually have three people in line, Mm -hmm. um, for her to go to if Mitchell and I are very thought out. Oh yeah. Big time. Like, (laughs) well, they make you do that. They in through the process of creating your will. you have three people like a, yeah, if you, yeah, if you can, you, you'll be able to kind of set all that down because you don't know what will happen and how often you're going to go back to your will. Like if that person dies, yes, you should go back to your will and update it. A lot of people don't.
2: Yeah. A lot of
1: people just set their will and then, you know, 20 years down the road, they have this random person on their will that they forgot to take off and they didn't go get it notarized again. So then that's who gets part of their, you know, inheritance whatever. or whatever. Yeah. yeah so, that was important to us was to make sure that we had somebody for Sloan at different points in her life too. That was, that was what was most important. Like if Mitchell and I are going to, you know, go tomorrow, we want her with a specific person. Mm -hmm. If Mitchell and I are to go at 15 or when she's 15, uh, that's a much different lifestyle for Sloan and we need her to go to somebody else. She needs a different set of, she needs a different set of people. So, uh, again, analytical brain over here. Like that's that's how we kind of got to the place where we're at now with our will and where you know what's happening. And she doesn't get full access to the money. She gets certain aspects to a certain amount and to a certain age. And when she gets to a certain age, she doesn't get all of it. It has to be invested a specific way and saved a specific way. And there are very very large restrictions on. money that my husband and I are building right now for her for future wise
0: if that's get on it
1: yes you need to (laughs) yes everybody get on your your wells yes because if not they especially if you have kids if not uh, they go through the system they don't go to family yeah at all Uh, somebody can fight for them instantly to go do that but But why not make the the process quicker Why not set that process up for them so that they can go straight to the person they're supposed to go to Yeah. so that there's no hiccup. There's no time in foster care. There's no time in the system. There's no time with CPS. There's no time with any of these random people that are going to have them. No, I want her to go directly to the person that's going to have her. And the minute that it happens, I want that person to be able to get her and not have any issues. And my cousin, my cousin passed away. Uh, Her and her husband were on the way to the airport to come here to Reno and um they got into a head-on collision I remember this on their way to the airport in florida and they have four kids and they had no will they had no nothing for them and thank goodness the the brother knew what to do the the wife's um husband's brother knew exactly what to do and he went straight to the court that day and filed the petition to have them be his children that
0: day I'm not even sure I would know what to do like
1: yes I know and I'm that's why I am so. I gotta go to the court the day yeah. that it happened what? yeah so he just went and um, filed his you know his petition to you know take ownership of the kids and I think they had one together he had one she had um, two from a previous um, person so they kind of had like a mixture of them but they were able to keep all the kids together and when you have more than one kid that's important to keep them all together and whoever they're going to go to so Mm -hmm. setting up the will and all of that no it is it made me cry when I called and asked this person to be um Sloan's you know person if Mitchell and I were to go I bawled my eyes out like I couldn't I couldn't even get the words out and she instantly cried she was like don't even finish your sentence I'm taking her like it just it made me feel so good that I was able to to call this person and know that they would take her in a heartbeat and with like no questions asked like it was almost like you're dumb for even asking was how I felt like how she kind of like took she was like I know like formality wise you have to ask me she was like but that was like yes 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 and I'm
0: assuming this is not like a sister or sibling so no it's not yeah yeah because I mean they could know that you wanted Sloan to go to them, but unless it's in writing. Yeah, it
1: has to be in writing. Somebody and it has to be in no your rest. family
0: is way more likely to end up with her. Yes. So,
1: and that's the, I mean, to each their own, however they want to do it and structure it, totally fine. And it's important to me that that things, are, things happen the way McKinsey wants them to happen. Like, I mm-hmm. think we've talked about that multiple times. Like, if it's in McKinsey's mind, it's happening, however it will be, and... It's important to me that Sloan is well taken care of and in a loving family. And I am very particular about who is allowed around my daughter and what is, what is allowed in our household. And there are certain people that live up to that standard and that, that follow that, that follow the rules of McKinsey, so to speak, <laughs> like ridiculously thinking. But there are just certain things that are really core value wise, really important to Mitchell and I. And we have to make sure that that is instilled in Sloan mm-hmm. and that it's carried and, and respected with Sloan. So uh, for her to be an only child, like it's really important for me to have like all of these things in line so that she is well taken care of and that she is special forever and ever. Like I want her to feel special her Aww. entire life.
0: So it's important. I don't know. I'm a mushy gushy with my daughter. That's okay. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I'm there with you. Um, Yeah, I guess I, in my mind, I'm thinking a little bit more of like, okay, not only are they here by themselves when you're gone, but just like the entire structure of having to take care of older parents and like what you do and the burden of like DNRs and like I, I envision myself with my own parents who are actually really young by the time, by, by the time they leave this planet, unless something God forbid happens to them, I will be also very freaking old, I'm sure. Yeah. And so to think about like what I might have to do with them or yeah. like if I'm the only one taking care of them or yeah. if, you know, if they set up things in a way that they don't have enough like insurance for long-term yeah. care, like, are they yeah. coming to live with me? Like- yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I, yes. And we actually had a conversation, Mitchell and I with, I don't remember who it was, but we talked about, um, his grandmother, um, she is not doing well and her three, her three children are taking care of her currently and financially she has a live-in because she's stubborn she's more stubborn than me which I didn't think was possible but (laughs) she is so stubborn she will not allow them to move her into like an assisted living facility where she should be because she needs like full 24-hour 24-7 care really she can't be by herself and she is adamant about being by herself and dying in this house like that's what she wants to do. And it's totally fine. And it is expensive. I mean, it is upwards of $50,000 a year to have somebody live in the home and take care of somebody 24 seven. And that was something that was important to Mitchell and I is that we don't leave. Oh, it was, uh, it was another couple that we're friends with. They do a lot of assisted care, um, help with, um, seniors with real estate and moving them into assisted living and selling their home and all their assets and all their stuff. And that was something that. That's a
0: thing. Like people specialize in yes, like elderly. Yes. Yes. And estate, this, this couple no has,
1: they, that's their niche. That's who they take care of is like this, the senior, um, the senior thing they walk them through the entire end of
0: I mean it makes sense when of, you yeah. say it but I yeah. had no idea it was a thing yeah okay
1: and they were very adamant about never leaving anything for their children to take care of financially because they've seen it so many times so we were talking to them the other day and uh, asking your child yes I know that you bring them into this world and you diaper them and all that like I get it but it's not They shouldn't have to diaper you back. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to ask Sloan to diaper me back. That's absolutely ridiculous. I want to make sure that I'm well taken care of and that I'm not being beaten in these facilities and like neglected. Don't get me wrong because these systems are terrible for seniors. And I don't want Sloan to have to burden the financial cost in any way, shape or form of my end of care life. Yeah, And Mitchell and I are working on that now. We're making sure that we're putting money away, that she knows exactly what to do. And that's part of the will process anyways. Mm-hmm. They want you to, they ask you if you're going to be an organ donor. They ask you, do not resuscitate. They ask you how long for, you know, vegetative state. They ask you all of those questions. So you're already pre-doing all those answers. Mm-hmm. Um, because you'll get people that
0: I think well have you know, no to idea be honest, what your wishes I are. Think you, I think you are the exception, not the rule. Possibly. Like I don't think most people have that. No. I don't even think most I people know it. what they want for, like, no. I don't even think most people have thought about what they want.
1: No. And I, I didn't either. I will be completely honest. I didn't think about any of that other than not wanting to be an organ donor. That was the only thing that I have Why? been adamant about since 16. I don't know. There's something weird about, and I know that it saves lives. It totally does. I want to be picky. I don't want my... <laughs> good working lungs to go to a rapist. I don't want it to go to a murderer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to go to this person who has never done anything for anybody. Like,
0: uh, you want to go to somebody. A I wanted good to go.
1: Person. Yeah. I wanted to go to a mom or a kid or a person or a husband or something. I wanted to go to somebody that was like a good person. Like I will be pissed off from the grave haunting all you people. If my shit goes to somebody that I don't like, like I don't, I there's, I just wish there was more. I just wish there was more to it because even the, even the registry of being able to get organs is just, that's a cluster too. Like I I just, I want the systems to be better and I don't want to be a part of the systems if they don't work. So Mm. I'm one of those people that's like, no, nobody gets my organs. Like I feel selfish, totally do. And I I don't know. I just, I want Mitchell to be able to decide where my organs go. Mm -hmm. I want him to be able to say, no, she wants them to go to these people, but I know you can't do that. So I just, I just am not an organ donor and i feel terrible for saying that but can't he decide that no not re- not really you can't like go down the registry and say like sally looks good and jimmy sounds great like not really
0: oh, okay. no okay so you, once your are organs are there you're you're there and like you're their free game they're free game, like, they're free game. Like yeah walmart shelf or yeah. something um, yeah
1: almost okay. yeah almost i mean much nicer than that cuz you know <laughs> you're helping somebody live but like yeah i just right. i just don't have that was the only thing i was ever adamant about that i like absolutely knew but when you go through the process of creating your will and all of that in your trust, they, the attorney will put together a sheet for you that says, you know, if this is to happen, what are my options? And mm-hmm. then he makes you put in your options. So no, we did not, Mitchell put, Mitchell had already hit, His were already filled out and he knew what he was doing. And he was like, "Okay, hey, you got to get on it. And I'm like, I don't know. It was a very emotional process to go through the will and think about you dying and what that, care looks like that's that's not fun by any
0: means they say a lot of people don't do it
1: because of yes, that because yes. it's so uncomfortable yeah it is super uncomfortable so prepare yourself to be uncomfortable and it needs to get done because if not you'll have people that don't know what you want in life like I want to be cremated which I think only Mitchell knows
0: well, uh, well now a lot more people well now now everybody yeah. knows but I don't really care
1: uh, some people care and I and care I don't want to be buried in the ground
0: I actually have thought this that I just want to leave it up to Mike and whatever you want whatever yeah. you want to do if you want to cremate me and stick me on the shelf so be it if you want yeah. a grave to visit yeah. regularly so be it the only thing I asked is I don't want to be dropped in the ocean oh why there is something real fucking creepy about the deep ocean and <laughs> see I, and I love the ocean I like sleep to ocean don't get me wrong <laughs> like I love the ocean and if I knew that my if I if I knew that I'd be like in the surf or like <laughs> this sounds so stupid wow, you're so picky, or like <laughs> on the beach all the time I'd yeah. probably be like yes do Same it, yeah, yeah. But the idea of like being like swept out to sea and end up in like the Mar- the Marianas Marianas Trenches. Am I saying yeah. that right? I don't know. And with all those fish that are yeah. like see through and. <laughs> Big teeth. You're going all the way to the yeah. Bed. No, you're it all the creeps me out. Now like, you're making mm-mm. me think
1: like, okay, if my ashes were spread on the beach, I'm probably in like ten people's homes now with all of the sand that they've now taken to their home. Like,
0: yeah, whatever. Like, yeah.
1: I hope I stay on the beach. Like, whatever. I don't yeah. care if he wants to spread my ashes. Great. If he wants to carry me around, great. I just didn't want to be buried in the ground. I don't know what it is about the ground. I think it's the money that goes with the ground. Like, I have to spend how much on a coffin and a headstone to yeah, be stuck ridiculous. in the ground. And if he moves. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to go with Sloan and I want to be able to go with Mitchell. If they want me to go with them, like I want them to have free range of the entire United States, entire world to move if they want to and take, take me with you. So I, I wanted to be cremated. I think my entire family would probably think bury her in the ground. And I would be uh, obviously from the grave. I would be so upset to find (laughs) out that like nobody did what McKinsey wanted. Yeah. Like I'm stuck here forever. So I don't know. I want a pretty little vase you know, that's all I want. Like, I don't care. So I, I think it's important for you to vo- either voice what you want to your family mm-hmm. so that everybody is on the same page or you need to get it written down and notarized. Cause if not, there will be people that come in that think they know you mm-hmm. that will do things that they think that you would like when it's completely against who you, what you want and what your wishes are. Cause they had no idea. They just mm-hmm. are assuming what you want. And I don't want anybody to assume anything about McKinsey.
0: You know what I like? Is the idea of being married or buried next to your spouse. I think that's super cute. Yeah. So Mormons, LDS, believe, um, they don't I don't know if they don't believe in cremation or if they just kinda have like this poo-poo-y idea about it. Well,
1: I mean, I'm Jewish and getting cremated, so that's freaking weird. Like
0: what's (laughs) wrong with you? (laughs) I know that they believe that someday your spirit will be reunited with your body. Got it. And so you need to have a body to to be be fully united to. Well, But I'm um, also like If our spirits are going to be reunited with our body that could could be decayed (laughs) millions and millions of years, surely they can take some ashes and make a body again. Mush it back
1: together. Yeah. And I mean, uh, to each their own. Like, that's one thing that I'm, that's really important to me is that everybody lives a life that they want to live and that they just voice what they want to do. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, good for them for wanting to be buried next to
0: each other and have their soul come back. That's so cute. Well, I just think it's adorable, like, to have, like, one headstone that's, like, and miss yeah <laughs> loving partners and parents I don't Forever. know just something yeah cute.
1: whatever the cute little <laughs> slogan is next to it
0: yeah so okay yeah. we gotta pause because I gotta go pee okay okay sorry that had to happen right in the middle <laughs> it, had to, it had to welcome to the mommy bladder <laughs> okay so I had this thought while I was peeing it's the best place to think well, I'm right in
1: the bathroom yeah
0: oh shit now I've lost it Go it back was in there. it was so good, I know <laughs> um okay, okay, I think this would go along the only child- children are awkward mm-hmm. like conversation yep. um, but sometimes I definitely know quite a few only children. I don't know how I manage that being yep. one of four and actually six if you count my step siblings, but um, you had mentioned that they often um. Are around of a lot of adults that are really like kind of well rounded. I think yeah. is what you said. Yep. But sometimes I wonder if that's almost like a detriment. Not that they're well rounded, obviously that's yeah, amazing. Not that hard, yeah. But um, like the thinking like an adult before your time type of totally. But piece? I've always
1: been told I'm an old soul. Same. And I think it's made me a better adult, a better human by being an older soul. I do think there are things that. Mm, you're probably exposed to as a child of it, like an only child hanging out with adults more mm-hmm. often that you obviously don't want them to be a part of. Yeah. And you know, to a point they're going to learn it at some point anyways, hopefully it's at their age. Like I'm not having her sit down and watch a rated R movie with us. Like, mm-hmm. no, that's not mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> and I, I think there are times when they know their place and times when they don't know their place one of Mitchell's nephews. He's twenty. He just turned twenty-one. But I remember him him being a little bit more of that older soul. He has two siblings, mm-hmm. and uh, he would be so much better with an adult. He knew the time to speak. He knew the time to be quiet. He knew the time to, you know, mm. add value. He knew when he didn't have a place at all. There are times that yes, he speaks up, and we're like do you even know do you even pay taxes like you can't what? don't talk about taxes he has like, ideas on t- well oh, yeah. now he's yeah. older but now he's older yes but at like 15 we'd be like do you even what? have a job like what so you talking about? You know, yeah. but his two younger siblings I would say like they're not as good as him with speaking with adults and knowing when to speak and when not to speak and they're of another generation too like he's obviously a little bit older than them they are much more of the generation now where you know they're dancing on TikTok half naked, but you know, that's a totally different story. But no
0: TikTok. Yeah. I
1: know. Well, and all the other <laughs> things that are out there, but yeah, it's really funny to like, there are kids that are better at it and some that are not. Yeah. I think it's just nature versus nurture and who that kid is all on their own. So yeah, I definitely think that there are times and places when we're going to say like, Oh, Slo- Sloan. <laughs> it's time to go to bed yeah you go got to your room this. yeah you got we're done or you know she totally has her moment of being able to speak and be a part of the group so yeah I think that that is definitely something that you know maybe that just boils down to parenting but, yeah you know, I mean I think a than. lot of stuff falls on us as parents and
0: oh and, for know, sure but. some of the things you want and some of the things you don't want yeah <laughs> oh my gosh okay so you mentioned a few times being Jewish yep and you were what do they call that Conversion. Yes, thank I, I you. Went through conversion. Yep. Okay, yep. so tell me about that.
1: Uh, I was raised Christian, and jokingly, one of my uncles is a pastor. Oh, and has his own church mm-hmm. uh, in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in Elk Grove, actually, and gorgeous church. Absolutely amazing. We um, used to say prayer at Thanksgiving. You know all that fun stuff. Um, but I was a Hallmark holiday Christian. Um, let's be let's be okay, honest yeah. like i am most of the united states i feel like i was like i was
0: gonna say i think a lot of people are that right. way uh, yeah, yeah
1: i had no idea why we celebrated the easter bunny
0: ah like i, I don't know why we celebrate the easter he, bunny but i know why we celebrate easter he I,
1: I will okay i'll explain this first and then i'll i'll go back a little backstory so i uh, we i had no idea why we celebrated easter i didn't quite understand santa other than the fact that he brought us gifts and that the Easter Bunny also brought us gifts. But I'm a big no lie person. I don't like lies. Mm. Like, not okay in McKenzie's mm. mind. Like, you can't lie. You just mm-hmm. don't lie. Tell the truth or don't say anything at all, <laughs> kind of moment. And I think there's, you know, yes, obviously you want to make sure that you're being nice to people and not being rude. And, you know, but that's not lying. You either just keep your mouth shut. But I don't know why. And the Tooth Fairy, too. Let's just be honest, because I'm just going to buy her teeth is what I'm doing. That's my plan, because I don't want the Tooth Fairy. And I told Mitchell, if he wants to do Tooth Fairy, he can be the Tooth Fairy. I do not want to participate in that. I just don't like the lie behind things. I think it yanks away the magic as a kid. Like, I remember reading in a book, finding out Santa wasn't real. And that was it. Like it a was book. book. Yes. What book. Did you Judy read Judy Bloom? I think was the book. It was one of Judy Bloom's books. And who gave that shit to you? The school. It was oh, like a required reading out. list thing. So I read that. Found out Santa wasn't real. I had a younger sister. If you don't believe, you don't receive.
0: Oh yeah. My so guess what,
1: Mackenzie did. I believed and believed because I wanted gifts. Right. I wanted the damn gift. So if that means putting on a fake smile and lying and saying I believe just so that my younger sister can get it and whatever, fine. Sign my ass up because I want the gifts. But my moment with it is, I remember the joy being yanked away. Like you told us, you know, you raise a certain way and you, you know, explain that this is the thing. And I'm not knocking everybody because I know that there are some people that really teach the history and the love and the want behind Christmas and where Jesus comes from and what actually Christmas is about and the Mm -hmm, gift. mm -hmm. And same thing with Easter. Uh, But I just don't know how a Easter... Bunny mm-hmm. shitting rabbit eggs that are filled with candy has anything to do
0: with, with the resurrection of Jesus with the, Christ? Yes,
1: I don't either. Who the hell's idea was that? Like that, in Santa Claus and Santa Claus bringing gifts, and how does he go to every house in one night? Like, uh, does anybody know about time zones? Like, time zones help him achieve his thing. Like, right. sorry to kids out there, like, you know, hopefully, we'll put in a little thing for that says I'm ruining it for everybody, but I, obviously. Uh, I want to teach Sloan. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Sorry. After the fact, earmuffs, my bad, that Santa is something kids believe in. Mm-hmm. I want her to help children believe in their, in their thing. I don't want Sloan to be that kid that runs around and like, Santa's not real. like that kid. No, girl, we help other kids live their magical life. Mm-hmm. But I, I am much more of that believer that you should teach every chance you get with your kids. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to teach Sloan about Hanukkah. I want to teach her about Passover. I want to teach her about holidays that we celebrate because it's important to me and to our family that we teach her the real meaning of specific things. Like that's important to me. And I'm, I have been called the Grinch forever, ever. I go out of town every single Christmas. I've been going out of town since I was 16. I
0: hate the holiday. before you became Jewish. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I hate Christmas. Like my heart is like cold. I am the Grinch before he
0: grows. Do you think it became, it was because of this like feeling like the magic was like sucked out of you? Or do you think it was more of like what your house was like during the holidays? I think both definitely the latter way more. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, family dynamic, you know, obviously we're not going to get like too into everything today, but like that was not a pleasant experience for me. So on top of like celebrating this holiday that I hated.
0: <laughs> where all the magic was sucked where out of it.
1: magic was sucked out of it. I was like, I, I'm not, I'm not. There's no reason for me to be here. Like I, I'm not getting gifts. It's a chaos. We're fighting. There's a bunch of random stuff. Like, no, thank you. I'm good. I'm, this holiday is, it was shot a long time ago. So from 16 on, I've been, you know, out of state trying to get away from Christmas. But Christmas I feel like has... It needs to be taught. I don't like the Hallmark mm-hmm. aspect of it. I don't like when parents say, I'm going to call Santa and you're going to get your gifts taken away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how about you just be a parent and oh. tell them no? Like, why do you have to use some fictitious thing that's going to call them on the phone and talk to them? Like, come
0: on. Well, I'm going to counter you and tell you that I've used that boy. Not yes, yes, the calling, year? I don't take it that. Um like deep that i don't deep? i yeah. don't get into the i'm gonna call him yeah. and you're gonna talk yeah. to him and he's gonna tell you what you're yeah it's more of like santa does not bring gifts to naughty boys yeah but what about the other nine months of the year that you don't threaten it
1: yeah well, And all the, the nine months that they were naughty kids you're still right. giving them and are you really gonna withhold <laughs> gifts from them on christmas morning i like, might no <laughs> you're not like come on <laughs> unless you're a shitty mom or a shitty parent like you're not doing that you're giving no. them gifts like no matter how terrible they
0: are I think it's, um, particularly, I'd say with my youngest, yeah. he is like very obstinate, <laughs> very, yeah, love him. If he, if he was my first kid, I don't think I would have had more. That's funny. I might be having this conversation in reverse with you. Yeah, like, oh yeah, he doesn't need any siblings. Yeah, he's it's fine. Fair. He's fine. He's um, three in one. <laughs> yeah, I got enough. Uh, he's just like more challenging in a lot of different ways. And I, you know what? I actually think part of it is because he has siblings and because they are so much older than him.
1: Oh, probably. Yeah. So for those of
0: you don't, don't know, I have three, 12, nine, and then he's about to turn three. So there's a pretty good gap. Yeah. And yes, he was planned. <laughs> um, But I think because his needs are like always met. Yeah. like Uh, somebody somebody there's four of you
1: to help yeah
0: so if mom says no and he goes and asks somebody else else. somebody else might say yes yeah I think you deal with that as a parent just with your spouse yes but then when you get a um a sibling in there like even if they're not giving into what you want like even if they don't get you the cereal that you're demanding at this very moment they'll comfort you yeah it's okay let's get this instead I well, let's go play outside. Yeah, I yeah. constantly have to tell my daughter. I'm like, leave him alone. He's in trouble. He's don't talk to. Him. I know he's screaming. I know he's got big crocodile tears, I but he's care. just in time out. He's faking it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. it's fake. It's all fake. Yeah,
1: Anyways. I am, and I'm. Yeah, so religion was never something that was important to me. Never important. It was not something that. I had an attachment to because of the Christmas thing and the Easter thing. And we rarely went to church, even though my um, uncle is a pastor. Um, we went to church a little bit more, I think when I was younger, but as we started to get older, you know, we didn't really do anything. We didn't even go for like um, what we would call high holidays uh, for like your major holidays. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, a lot of people only go for those. Yeah. And uh, we never did as Christians, quote unquote. So I always called us the hallmark Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever it was convenient, we were Christian and we celebrated the holidays that way. But when it came to, um, being with my significant other now with being with Mitchell, being Jewish was really important to him. That was Mm -hmm. like, I want to raise our kids Jewish Mm -hmm. and because I had no attachment to my religion I told him final you know what do we need to do and he was like I want my kids to be Jewish and in the Jewish faith the mother has to be Jewish in order for children to be Jewish and I I'm no orthodox Jew either like we're not so in the orthodox mind which is super conservative I'm still not Jewish because I was not born Jewish I am two percent Ashkenazi Jew so I there may be some Jewish in there but I, did you do that 23 and me and that's how I you did that? well I did um Renown's version of it Renown's partnering with Helix right now I
0: didn't even know that was a, they did that
1: yeah so you can find out your you know what you are I am super Irish that's you know I could see that yeah right so I'm really Irish um like was like eighty six percent or something. Your dad looks like that, predict- particularly... Oh yeah, all like of my siblings, red looks hair, very Irish. Yeah, yeah, super red hair, fair skin. I have olive toned skin, brown hair, blue eyes. Like, where'd you come from? What the heck, friggin' Irish person am I? I'm totally not, but you know, that's all right. Um, <laughs> sorry. So Orthodox Jews, yeah. somebody who's Orthodox Jews, super conservative. Strict yes, in their they beliefs. Are, yes, they okay. have much different beliefs than we do. We are much more reform. We are much more on the, um. We are we go to Temple, We want Sloan to be Bar Mitzvah, bat mitzvahed. We celebrate all the high holidays. We do all of that. And once Sloan gets a little bit older, she'll be able to go to Hebrew school and do all of that. Um, No, we are not kosher. We are not, you know, like most, we eat shellfish, like nobody's business. Like that's totally against, you know, like Orthodox. Yeah. Like, okay. We are not full of Orthodox. I'm going to ask you a question and you're
0: probably not going to know the answer. Go for it. This is like one of those, oh, just because I'm Jewish, I'm supposed to know everybody that's Jewish. Yeah. (laughs) Ben Shapiro, is he Orthodox Jew ben shapiro um do you know who
1: that is even it's okay if you don't No, but okay celebrity probably
0: yes he is yeah i was i was trying to like rack through my brain Uh, but the daily wire he's like the creator of the daily wire Um, anyways i'm gonna google it someday yeah you might as well google it you know what i'll typically like not to be like super stereotypical Mm -hmm. orthodox jews like he doesn't turn on power
1: on sundays so that's a little bit more orthodox yes that is that's called shabbat Mm-hmm. And we celebrate Saturday with no electricity. You're supposed to not drive your car. You're not supposed to use the lights in your house. You're not supposed to use any electronics. You walk to temple on that day. We don't do quote unquote church on Sunday. We do it on Saturday. But oh. You go to temple. Um, so that is much more of a reform or concern. Like that's, that's spread across all of them that they can celebrate that. But that's much more orthodox. And not to be like super stereotypical. But when you see somebody walking down the street mm-hmm. on their way to temple... They typically have a hat or a yarmulke. Yes, he does. And they wear have his curls. Tip, they have curly um, hair. he Does
0: not have curls. They wear. He does wear his. Uh, what is that? The yarmulke. Hat, the yarmulke. He wears yep, a yarmulke. Yep. I feel. I feel really. Um,
1: Jewish, you're literate. Jew- uh, well, me too. And I went through the process of conversion conversion and my husband, he always jokes like you're more Jewish than I am because you know more than I do because I was just born into it. You had to like go learn everything. Oh, the process mm-hmm. to become Jewish is much like becoming a U.S. C- citizen. You have to take like a test and stand in front of a board and then you get like in a sense like for easy terms, you get baptized in a sense like you get dunked in the holy water. Ah, that makes sense. It okay. Is, like, yeah. yeah, for like simple terms and um you know really orthodox wear specific things just like mormons do how mormons wear their their clothing garments Mm -hmm. underneath same thing like jewish has that too so there are a lot of things that make you and there are super reform there are super conservative mormons same thing with christians and catholic all of them have their own like structure within and level that you want to be a part of and we're not you know oh we're jewish kind of moment but like we do celebrate more than others, but not as much as some of some. some. Yeah. Yeah. There are some that are like amazing people who celebrate. And it was just important to Mitchell and I that we raised our daughter with religion. I think religion brings no matter what you do celebrate or what you, what you, your faith base is, it brings structure that's Mm -hmm. needed Mm -hmm. that other things don't bring in there. So religion was important to us in the sense that it's going to build certain foundations for Sloan that, Just happen naturally Mm -hmm. through the through religion altogether, you know, like going through the yeah, going through the conversion process, going through her bar mitzvah when she gets there, her bat mitzvah when she gets there, like that's important to us that she goes through that process and like becomes a woman and like does her little thing, like that's important. So when I often
0: think this, and someday I I I hope that I'll have like an atheist on, but yeah, like if you don't if you don't necessarily believe in a higher power or that's I think most people believe that the moral compass yeah. comes from, like, your higher power. Yeah. Like, how do you not—I mean, I guess socially we have, like, a moral compass yeah. because what's appropriate and what's not socially. Yeah. But, like, how do you—how do you not just, like—what am I trying to say? If you don't have some kind of religious background or believe, what's your structure? believe in some kind of yeah. higher power— what's it all yeah. for
1: yes yeah or what, or where you're where are you getting that those teachings from yeah.
0: or don't or lie. how do you don't not have hopelessness don't, almost don't, like you know if it just all ends
1: yeah yeah and where do you go and I, to be honest with you like I'm not I'm not a super religious person in the sense that like oh my god god's gonna take me and I'm gonna go to heaven mm-hmm. i, I I don't know what I'm gonna do like I don't know if like that's it like lights are out and you're done like I don't know if my soul's gonna do something like that part way beyond me always has been like I I know that there's a higher power somewhere is it God maybe is it the universe sure I don't whatever there's just something bigger than me you know sometimes I like go back to like elementary school days when I played sims like is there somebody playing me up in the (laughs) world somewhere like who knows like those are
0: amazing thoughts right like (laughs) analytical like, brain yeah. back again like I don't know what's out there well in the LDS religion they I don't know that they believe somebody's controlling you I th- I still think they believe in free will yeah
1: yeah I and know. I mean like I, I think I make my own choices but they believe
0: <laughs> like depending on on the works that they do on yeah. earth that yeah. you will be able to like rule your own uni- universe yeah. like, essentially like yeah. be D- a yeah, god
1: yeah which, and uh, who knows? Maybe they're right. Yeah. maybe. I, and who, yeah. Like who knows? Cause nobody is coming back from the dead to talk to you. Like, and if you are like, typically people look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I
0: mean, you know, <laughs> I just, um, I do believe it's God. I believe yeah. that that's yeah. who our higher power is. And, but I believe that as like people and religions and churches, like that a lot of times we put them into boxes that yeah. he doesn't, fit in yeah like
1: Uh, we put ourselves in boxes just on the daily
0: yeah that we don't fit in or they I think people that maybe don't believe in him would say that he's like unkind and unjust and that's you know their view of maybe how church yeah like I don't don't know what I'm saying but like no like how a church will put him into a box or like um and I think that like even even people that do go will also put put people into this box because they have this maybe fear like they don't want to sin, and so if you're sinning and they're around you, then now they're a sinner yeah, they're but sinners, I don't, yeah but I think if you take it back to like the just the straight story of God or the Word of God or you know what's really the base of at least Christianity in my mind, yeah, is just love everybody
1: yeah and that's I think what I remind myself of I have a peace sign tattoo. And I got it probably 20 is when I got it. And it reminds me, not that I do it all that great all the time, but it reminds me that everybody lives their own lives, that everybody has their own thoughts and their own feelings and their own way of living and their own way of being. And yes, you can judge them because that's natural for all of us to judge. Mm -hmm. But they get to live it however they want to. They get to make that choice. And you can't be mad at them for making that choice. Mm-hmm. And you just can't. They get to do what they want. And I think it's important to remind yourself that everybody does live their own life. And just because I associate with somebody that makes poor choices doesn't mean that I'm going to make poor choices. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just because you
0: were dumb Well, dealt- those poor choices, aren't like you only view them as poor choices Because Because of your judgment. Because of the box that you have put yourself in. Because
1: that person clearly is doing them and has no problem doing them. And that Mm -hmm. might not be bad for them. It might fit their lifestyle or what they're wanting to do in life. And you're judging them. So Mm -hmm. I just, I have this moment of like, you get to do you however you want. Of course, I'm going to judge because I'm human and I just judge. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you get to do it. You get to do it however you want. And you get to judge whoever you want and however you want. Because you, that's your choice. And I don't know, I just... Your own thing, and it's important to you to live your life the way you want to live it. Just be honest and truthful with yourself and
0: do it. <laughs> fascinating, fascinating. Anyways, um, Hanukkah just wrapped up. Hanukkah just ended last night. Last night, yep. Last night was our eighth night. Dang, yep. Did that start right after Thanksgiving?
1: It did. It was so Thanksgiving was Thursday uh-huh. and it started that Sunday, so it goes by um, a completely different calendar.
0: Do they ever overlap?
1: They did, um, I think it was like five years ago, they were uh, the same day. They started the same day. Thanksgiving and Hanukkah were the same
0: day. It won't happen again for like 70 more years. Do you have to Google when? When it is every year? Yes. 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 Oh my gosh. We do. Yeah. Okay, so how do they how do they decide when Hanukkah is? So they go by a completely different calendar. Okay. They have, instead of
1: January through December, they have their own months with their own names. Hanukkah falls in Kislev, which is their their month. And oh, it falls within there and it just is whatever day that is. And it just cycles through November, December, or January typically is when it falls. I hate when it overlaps with Christmas. I like when it actually is on its own in January, when it's closer to the end of the year oh. and beginning of the new year. Um, when it is closer to that time, uh, it kind of gets its own little shine. Because if it overlaps with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving stuff is going on. and mm-hmm. Like this year, uh, pandemic aside... Usually we have a good, decent size end cap at Target and Walmart and um, Bed Bath & Beyond and uh, TG Maxx have like- For your Hanukkah goods. Oh yeah, Yeah. all our Hanukkah goods. And Mitchell and I go out of our way to make sure that we buy all the stuff (laughs) so that they'll bring it back again the next year. Yeah. I don't know if it was pandemic or just because it fell like right with Thanksgiving. I also felt like they had Christmas stuff out a lot sooner than like, and I know they put it out soon all the time. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was sooner this year. I felt like it was- Halloween and Christmas and I was like wait a second like we skipped Thanksgiving which is like one of my favorite holidays so um that was really funny that like this year we didn't really get a whole lot I had to order a lot online which probably has to do with like pandemic and shipping issues and Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. stocking and whatnot but I just felt
0: like we were totally neglected this year and it was
1: like I was like we're just like shoved in with other holidays right now and I don't get all my stuff
0: well I felt I kind of felt that way about Thanksgiving stuff in general too like I I didn't feel like there was a lot of the side I don't know if it was brush or There just wasn't a lot of goods, and maybe that Possibly. was like their. Maybe they're so concerned about like the shipping. Yeah, probably that they're just like get the Christmas shit here because yeah, this is where get we here, make cause our this, money.
1: Yeah, because we need our we need our stuff in, which is totally fine, and it is what it is. But yeah, this year I felt like we did not get our Hanukkah holiday decorations the way Your we did. in cap. And yeah, damn we didn't get our end cap like. I was walking through Target like where's my end cap like I just want my end cap like excuse
0: me where's the the Hanukkah end cap please yeah I just
1: want my end cap please Mm -hmm. where is it at and it's so funny because they say like oh it's with the Christmas stuff and I look at them like no Mm. it's always in the electronic section over by the cards like don't tell me you moved it to Christmas like it's not in seasonal thanks guy like
0: no it's not like (laughs) don't lie to me I know where the Hanukkah shit usually is yeah like I know how your store's set up okay chill Okay, so is there anything you miss about Christmas? No. <laughs> You're like, nothing. No,
1: I'm so sorry. I wish I did, but there is literally nothing I miss about that holiday. Like, nothing. Mm. I hate all of it. I'm sorry. I wish no, like I a tree. The smell no, of a tree. Nope. No, nope. nope. I could buy that from, the, I'll just buy it in a candle. Like, no, I don't, no. Okay. Nothing. I, I really love a decorated the, Christmas tree. Okay. The one thing I do miss, not so much about Christmas, because I know Hanukkah will never be Christmas by any means. The decorations blow for Hanukkah. Like I would say, they're yeah. terrible. They're like childish and they blue and white only. Yes, blue and white only. Which is, I mean, that's the color of the flag. That's Hanukkah. Whatever. But I feel like so Christmas has red and green, but they have gingerbread and snowmen, and I'm like, those are not Christmas. Those are winter themed things. Mm-hmm. Like. You you can't claim the snowman, okay? You get Santa Claus and the reindeers and the elves. Mm-hmm. You don't get my friggin' snowman. Like, I feel like I can't even make a snowman outside of my house because it's too
0: Christmassy. Like, screw you. I hear what you're saying. <laughs> so, Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what I think you're really trying to say <laughs> is that Hanukkah has, I don't know, maybe they refuse to, like, hall, hallmark it up. Yes, yeah. Which right? is totally fine. But, like i would like could they decorations. get could they get a snowman with a hanukkah like we got gnomes gnomes
1: yeah gnomes yeah i saw your face yeah gnomes i know they're ridiculous what does a gnome <laughs> have to do with gnome? i have no idea well what does a snowman have to do with christmas it snows at christmas
0: i don't know a lot of yeah. places it actually doesn't but yeah
1: yes yeah like I hawaii mean, it's not snowing in hawaii I don't know. but no i mean it's funny but at the same time like they have like random they have like llamas typically <gasps> i love llamas I know, llamas are so cute, but I'm like, I don't know what a llama has to do with Hanukkah and gnomes and uh, narwhals and octopus. Like there's random animals. And a narwhal? Which,
0: yeah. That's freaking cool. Yeah. Some of the decorations like the, and stuff have narwhals kn- on them. And it's cute. you the need thing. like a claymation Hanukkah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: think that's movie. what I need to
1: do is I need to make cute Hanukkah decorations.
0: <laughs> I think you do. I think <laughs> Or that's like part of take this. some take some traditionally Christmas things and Hanukkah the crap out of them. Like yeah. Have a Christmas tree, but it's a Hanukkah tree.
1: They do have Hanukkah bushes, and we have a quote unquote Hanukkah bush this year that Mitchell's mother brought over for Sloan to enjoy. And what it does is it just it look a, like it. This one is just like a regular like white tree, like white, um, only like white bark with like the branches, but nothing's on the branches. They're like plain branches without like pine needles or anything okay, on them. So, so it's like, like a very bare like a, tree. I don't like even a, know how to explain it,
0: but like a Charlie Brown tree.
1: Mm, Yes, yes, with nothing. Yeah, literally nothing on it. And it's white white, and it has Hmm. a good 20 branches on it and it has lights on it that are, which is weird, blue and green are flashing. And Sloan loves it. Sloan loves to put her little ornaments on there that she got her and change the light colors. Like we never thought about having a Hanukkah bush. I didn't care to have a Hanukkah bush in our house, but we do. And it's super cute. (laughs) She loves it. You were very anti
0: Christmas. Yes. Like this shit reminds me too much of Christmas.
1: I will say, I love myself. A mushy gushy Hallmark Christmas movie, (gasps) like hands down, cutest thing. When the girl goes to her old town and falls in love with a guy and gets married, like sign my ass up. But I'm a hopeless romantic, so you give me any romance movie and I'm I'm good to go. But Christmas movies are pretty cute.
0: Have you watched the new one on Netflix? Um, Love hard, love love hard. Is that what it's called? Love hardly
1: or love hard or something like that? Yeah, yeah. (gasps) <gasps> i have not yet it's on my watch list i have Since it's Sloan adorable sick. i didn't get to watch it last week but i'm gonna
0: watch it this week yeah oh my gosh I'm it's so good i can't wait you better yeah. text me when you do i I'm will be like oh my god yeah yes it's like a traditional hallmark ish movie okay. but it's also like i feel like the end is a little bit of a twist oh it's
1: i'm so excited okay. i just love myself a, a hallmark yeah. christmas movie i just they're just adorable so if there's anything i miss it's Hallmark Christmas movies, but I watch them anyways, and I don't care who judges me. I yeah. just love it. They're just maybe nobody's oh, judging you. Maybe that's in you your head. Love them.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's funny because up until maybe like this year, or maybe a little bit of last year, I hated watching that kind of stuff. Oh, I've always loved watching him. Books, movies. I you know what up. I think it is. Is like okay, and I love my husband dearly, but there there is like there's like the movies and there's real life.
1: Oh, my husband is not movies at all.
0: Yeah. But because I like, mean, they don't,
1: they, they, don't inter- overlap. they
0: intersect a little bit, maybe a little bit. So whenever I watch a romantic movie like that, I end up looking at my spouse like, what the fuck, where's my Hallmark Christmas? Yeah. Love. <laughs> and I love him dearly. Yes. And he's an amazing person. And he's yeah. honestly, he's probably better than 90% of the people out probably. there because he's just yeah. so loving and kind and amazing. Yeah. But I'm like-
1: You need to step up your game.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah. And so I would watch them and feel like somehow I was gypped. Yeah. Wait a second. Because it's just, because it's not real life.
1: Yeah, it is not. not. Yeah, it's not real life. And I I will go to, uh, people were, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, the movies that came out. People were like eating them alive about how bad they were and how that's not love and all these things. And it's like, it's a movie. Like what? Right. Well, it, it was a book first. Yes. And there are some people that live that way, but it's my moment with it is like, it's a movie mm-hmm. is Harry Potter real. Like we didn't no. eat Harry Potter alive. No. Like Leave Harry Potter alone. And well, leave for leave somebody that movie's gray. real. That is true. And there yeah. are, there, I forgot about the big uproar of people that don't allow Harry Potter books and libraries anymore for kids. Cause that's, you know, whatever oh, okay. it teaches them, like get out of here. Like it's books and it's fantasy and people actually enjoy reading that stuff. You know what I was mad they about do. With the Fifty Shades of Grey. With what? Oh, yeah. With Fifty Shades. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mr. Grey.
1: Oh, I loved him. He was not how he was he described was in the book.
0: Not what he was but in the book. I
1: love myself some Jamie Dorn. He I is, did love mm, him. He's gorgeous.
0: I liked him. I didn't like him in that role. And actually, I think I've seen him in other movies since and thought yeah. that he was really good. Yeah. But he, it was just a little bit of like, mm, no. He was not cool. You know who tried cool. out for it? And I think that's who I had in my mind. So then when I watched, like, the first trailer, I was like, no! Um, I think he was one of the Superman, Henry Cavill? Yes. Oh,
1: my God. I, he... He would have taken the cake for me. He is my like oh, he's one so person. Henry Cavill is my favorite person. Definitely played Superman. I think he tried out for that one. Now I gotta Google. I to look it up a and liar. find out. So, but if it was him, then I am severely disappointed in their choice. Also, if Henry Cavill was an option, I'm sad they went with Jamie Dorman. But if not, I thought he did a great job. And I, I love Dakota Johnson. I she is, she is absolutely adorable. She's one of my favorites.
0: I'm pretty sure he. Yeah, this is him. Yeah, there's like some I think it's maybe a um what's it called when they like they shoot like the, a little bit of a a pilot almost kinda. Yeah. but for a movie like you'll try out for it. A I, casting call. Yeah, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. They'll go in and they'll kind of set you up like the scene is happening. Yeah. I think that went viral. Got it. And that's yes, yeah, so Got let it. Me see, let the me see. only
1: yeah, I will say by the way she described him in the book uh, Henry Cavill is too large of a person. I, I think don't know he's about way that. Way too mm. muscular for how she described him in the book. I think he's gorgeous in real life. The Jamie Dorman fits much more body style, but he is not. I think she says something about him being a ginger in the book. Does she? I in don't the very first that. book, I felt like he had a different color hair. He had like light brown hair or a different color hair, and he definitely does not have that color of hair. He is definitely like a dark brown hair. Hmm.
0: I don't know. Tall, I, dark, and handsome. I can't find it, but I swear, I swear, we'll I've seen like it.
1: and go back. That would be funny to go back uh, and find out.
0: yeah. Hmm. Mm. To play Christian Gray, maybe there's a video somewhere. Click on the <laughs> video thing. I remember he's like in the skyscraper. You know, I was also disappointed about who they picked for her. Oh, I, no, I love I, her. I love, love her. You know why? Because I envisioned her having curly hair. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I don't think it says anywhere in the book. That she, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure in the book it says she does not. Like it says her hair is like, very straight and very stringy. Stri-
1: yes. That she has very, yes. She actually, yeah, I think so. Because that that was his type was stringy haired women. But uh, I just love Dakota Johnson. I think she's adorable and freaking hilarious. And her gap in her teeth was adorable. And then Did she have a gap in her teeth. Yeah, she, she has even, a massive gap in her teeth, and she um, recently lost the gap because the retainer that she had was actually keeping the gap more open. And I guess she got a new retainer, and it cl- started to close. And people
0: lost it that she mm. her gap started to come together. She does have a gap in her teeth. Do you know that? Who that reminds me of? Um, oh crap! What is her name? Zellweger, uh, What's her first name?
1: Renee Zellweger or Renee whatever. Renee Zellweger. Is that what her name is? Yeah. Is that how you say her last name? I don't
0: know. I know it's Zell she, Yeah. So she had. um, She had a gap in her teeth too? No. She had really chubby oh. cheeks. Oh. And she got plastic <laughs> surgery. Doesn't even look like her oh. anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm picking up. Is that girl. who it is? No. Great. Now I'm like, oh, sh- I'm no. losing my mind. You know what? I'm just not up or with pop kid. culture anymore. Yeah. We are so out of it. Yeah, no, that's her. Okay. Phew. having a brain fart for a minute. Yeah, no, she had plastic surgery done and it doesn't. And it totally like, looks different. It, yeah. She doesn't look like her. Yeah. Guess, and it's because yeah. she didn't, she didn't want those chubby cheeks that kind of like made her eyes squint a little bit, but that's like what made her. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people do
1: that. Like a lot of people, something makes them, they don't really know that that's what makes them, but that what's that's what makes them unique. And then they get rid of it and people are like, uh, wait a second. What happened here? Yeah, like, that's
0: not you. are not the person you signed up as. Yeah. You're different. I wonder. I feel like maybe I read something once about it making, like she felt like she could only she only got certain roles oh, because that. of because she was, it was a little bit more baby faced of yeah, a look.
1: Yeah, I could totally see that that it would limit in your mind it probably limits what your want or your your growth. What you're is asking for, what you're capable of, and if cast you're being out. yeah, if you're being you know, limited by that, of course, change it. If that's not part
0: of like what aligns with you and you need something different, like go for it. I'm thinking all she had to do was wait until age catch up, caught up with her because I've been told that I have these weird lines right here. Smile lines for all mm-hmm. these people watching when you smile down your, from your nose to your lips because you lose fat in your cheeks. Yeah.
1: It's actually, yeah. If you have smile lines, it's because you're thin. Oh shit. Yeah. So fat people don't have smile lines is what, I don't, I was talking to my plastic surgeon the other day and that's what that's what they said was like smile. We can't fix smile lines unless you want to become fat. And
0: I'm like, okay, I guess I have um, smile lines. <laughs> yeah. Well, Fine, I, just I don't know if that's entirely time. true. Not that I'm disregarding what your plastic surgeon said. But I think they put can put filler in your cheeks. Yeah. To like I'm not doing. Pump, f- I'm, I'm up not, a I'm little not, bit. I'm not getting
1: fillers in my cheeks. No? I don't think so. I mean, I've I've i think they do people filler with right fillers. And too. And I don't know. Maybe. Maybe at some point in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say never, but. Mine are getting pretty not bad. Not right That's now. That's the only reason that I'm like, <laughs> oh, this
0: might be something I got to do.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. not right now.
0: Okay. So we've talked pop culture. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Are you following this Chris Cuomo thing? No. What is Chris Cuomo?
1: Oh, no. I. To be honest with you, um, we don't watch news we are totally millennial in the sense of like we cut cable and now our, you know, bills each month are just as much as cable. Right. Um, all your streaming. Not, yeah. We just chose not to do cable cause we don't care for the TV shows, but we, you know, have every subscription out there. We don't watch the news like political news. I am all into um, when voting happens, mm-hmm. being like knowledgeable about who I'm voting for and what's going on and whatnot in the political aspect of that. But for like, senators and mayors and governors and senate seats and all of that like totally not i loved history in high school but like totally not what i like to watch or like learn about but like he's going through like something right now about sexual something and is like so like kicked out i think like
0: (laughs) the beginning of last week he was um he okay so his okay let me back up his brother is andrew cuomo who was the governor of New York, but stepped down because there were harassment Got charges okay. filed against then him that's by I was multiple women. Of.
1: Okay, that's who I was thinking of.
0: Chris Cuomo is on CNN, and that's his brother. Oh, pleasant so, family. So, yeah, so Andrew stepped down. Got it. Um, Because of these allegations. Yeah. And then Chris um, was put on, he was, like, suspended yeah. from CNN because it was coming out that he was, like, Helping his brother... I don't know if he was, like, helping his brother hide the information or if he was trying to get on, like, dirt on these women that were accusing him ah. so that they were less credible. I don't really know. So he was put on leave for that. Yeah. And then within within a week, he was being accused of sexual harassment. Himself. And so then they just fired him. You know like what... Last the end of last week. I... I
1: mean... I have been sexually harassed in many workplaces. Let's just be honest. I think most of us have. If yeah, you've ever worked with a man, you've probably been sexually harassed in some way. Not you, know, not physically, but verbally harassed yeah. by a man in some yeah, way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah. Even old geezer men, like some of the stuff that they say, like,
0: You're like totally
1: not acceptable to say. Mm-hmm. It may have been in your like, you know, 70s lifestyle world, like good for you, like disgusting. Mm-hmm. It, but I'm thinking, like, I don't think there's ever been a place that I haven't worked that a single man hasn't said something that has made me feel uncomfortable. Got and in it. a sense, like, that's sexual harassment. Like, let me right. just turn well, you yeah. in. So it's like, uh, to a point, like, uh, people need to change. You don't get to say whatever you want in specific aspects and in specific places. But at the same time, I'm thinking, uh, how, how credible are these people? Like, they probably that's are true. pretty credible. Like, I yeah. want I want truthful and honest and and people to be upfront and, and really aware of what they're saying and what they're doing. And if they felt uncomfortable, they should have said something. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't wait until somebody's in power or in an, in a power position to then step up and say something. Yeah. Like, well, why didn't you say something before? And maybe you weren't strong enough, which is totally okay. But waiting until they're in a power position and then when something goes bad, adding to it. And it's like, wait a second. Like, yeah. why didn't you speak about this six months ago? Or like, why is this relevant now kind of thing? So I
0: do wonder, like, what I, I feel like... Pe- everybody has a different like idea about what sexual harassment is yes I once had uh somebody that worked for my dad um we were like leaving a Christmas party and everybody had had a few drinks and he walked up to me and like put his arm around me and said I was married at the time my husband was walking like five feet behind me yeah and he goes I know a lot of really older rich men that would love to have you as their Girlfriend, I think yeah. something along yeah. those lines, and that's, that's sexual harassment, totally sexual harassment. That's sexual harassment, but I was kind of like, Oh, brush off. Like, well, that's kind of cute, and yeah, but old like, and go somewhere yeah. else, yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know if I ever get divorced, yeah, like, <laughs> t- yeah. I'll keep that in the back burner when Thanks. I want to get yeah. married for money, not love, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you hit up. up, yeah, um, but you know. Would I ever want to destroy this man's career because of that? No, but it would be completely
1: legit for you to come forward could. he's in a power seat when other women come forward and say that. Yeah. So it's like, uh, to a point, like, I, obviously I have full blown respect for women who stand up and speak for themselves. I think that's extremely important. And it's so crazy how like, oh, that person did. And now I'm going to jump on the bag one and throw this person in. Like, would he have Mm. ever been called out? the brother would he have ever been called out if the original brother wasn't ever accused like probably not like maybe not maybe I don't not. know it's like, becoming more legit like yeah, Matt Lauer has like yeah.
0: no career I don't yeah think. there
1: are lots of people that don't, don't have think. careers anymore because of it and it's crazy yeah like what's um Kevin Spacey oh yeah yeah him too like I loved House of Cards me too loved oh I loved Robin way more she was amazing oh, well, in that show course. she's gorgeous
0: who is she is in a different show that I also really really love and now I can't think of it House of Cards, though. I'm going to yeah, Google I it. liked House of Cards Here we go again. I'm Googling and again. And, you know, we stopped
1: watching after, you know, X amount of seasons of House of Cards. But uh, it does destroy lives, definitely does. And it should for some men mm-hmm. that have been in these positions for a long time and the women haven't been able to speak up or whatever. The Me Too movement got a little out of hand. I definitely think so. I think now I agree with that. if you are to speak up and say something, people question you more than they did before. And obviously, we didn't want that to happen. That's not really where you want to be in, in the life and with the Me Too wait, movement. Wait, wait,
0: explain further. I feel like people- <gasps> She was the princess and the bride. Was she? Yes. No freaking way. Oh, my gosh. She's oh, also Forrest Gump's love.
1: I didn't uh, even... Wouldn't even... Jenny? Wouldn't um, even... Didn't know that that was the same person.
0: I did not either. She
1: looks completely different.
0: That's crazy. I love
1: her in House of Cards, though. And she's great in all of those movies, actually, yeah, now that I is. think about it.
0: Yeah, she is. Um, Me too. Underrated. Okay. I'm going to go with she's very underrated, underrated. Yes,
1: totally underrated. Um, Sorry. Okay. When it comes to speaking up about what has happened to you, I do believe that it takes a lot of courage for uh, women or men, men because they don't speak up at all. Yeah. The statistic of men speaking up when something happens to them is extremely low. But when women speak up, there are a lot of people that I think have spoke up, have gone through the process, and it hasn't been justice for them Mm -hmm. at all. They have, Mm -hmm. I can't even remember the name of the kid that was a swimmer and he got away with it. Like a white middle class, white upper class swimmer kid, sexually assaulted a girl. She was, you know, drunk. She spoke up.
0: Is this the Olympian?
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know if he was Olympian Mm. or not, but I, okay, yeah, Possibly. I just know that he was a swimmer in college and uh, that went nowhere like literally nowhere and this poor girl spoke up and like talked about it and she was shamed because she drank and uh, yeah okay don't drink as much shame on you for drinking as much but that doesn't mean you should get you know sexually harassed or anything should happen to you in that Mm -hmm. manner so it's I I feel like that when people do speak up especially after the me too movement people question you more like uh, did it really happen to you
0: so what, what you're, you're saying is you feel like, like me too, almost set women kind of
1: back, back a tiny bit. Yes, mm-hmm. I do feel like it kind of didn't allow women to be heard as much. Yes, we hear you, and it's almost like drowning. Like, oh yeah, it happened to you too, and it's like, no, it happened oh. to me too. You should listen, and you should change the way that you are as human. Like, we need to change specific aspects, almost like because a normalizing, of where we're here. because yeah, because, totally because it's actually it. happened to a lot of
0: people. Yeah. Or- mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, and people maybe are a little more extreme
1: 10. and say like, oh, this happened to me, and you're like, oh, it's not really that. Mm, like, mm-hmm. yes, that's a big deal that, to you, yes, and there are people that have been through, like, sex trafficking oh, or kidnapped yeah. and kept in bunkers. Like, he, he grabbed your butt at a hol- holiday party. Like, yes, that's important, and you should be heard, but that is not the same thing.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> like levels. Yes, yeah. I there are levels. And I definitely view, and my pr- probably most women do that. There are like levels of you know sexual harassment, yeah. I, even rape. Like yes, yeah. Like oh, you you drank too much at a party and yeah, and it happened. weren't to you. capable yeah. of saying no. Yeah, like, or you did say terrible. No, and you're both
1: drunk, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, and they take unfortunately yeah. his side.
0: Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, but like I think a lot of women would view like dark alley yes beaten the like you've yes. been you've had the crap beat out of you yeah. like you had no idea who this person in black was yeah. and like you just yeah, like
1: that's much different and I do feel like everybody brink of death yeah type. takes yeah. all of that and like minimizes it to a slap on the butt at a Christmas party like
0: oh. that's
1: not what happened like it's way more than that and it has created shitty lives for some people. Because of what they've experienced. And we are just minimizing it. Like we really
0: do minimize what has happened to people. And that's a big deal. Okay. So I just want to make sure I understand how you're saying. So you view me too as. Because everybody talks about. Like, like it. Almost like it's taking something away from the people. Who have been extraordinarily. Yes. Yes. Violated. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. Big time. Because no. You that guy wrapping his arm around you, yes, is sexual harassment. And that should not be said. You should not be treated that way. You should not be spoken to that way. Yeah. If I don't invite it, but is it the same, but is it the same as being sexually harassed by somebody in your family or molested by somebody like a, a a family member or a friend or somebody, you know, no, not Mm -hmm. the same at all. Not, Mm -hmm. not even in the same category. And everything has been kind of brushed to the side. I don't feel like people take it as seriously. And I do think that they kind of push it and say like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, no, it is a big deal. And there is no prosecuting after 10 years. And there's no whatever the time frame is, but there's no like it just stops. It just goes away. Like it's no big deal. So it's it's very weird how do you think more people talked
0: about their more extreme experiences because of Me Too?
1: I think it gave people the empowerment to speak up. I think mm-hmm. it really did. And uh, unfortunately, it was a flood of people in the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Which is good. And it still got drowned out. And I don't feel like it it, it it didn't carry the weight. It didn't carry the weight. That really is a part of that. Like the statistics are absolutely ridiculous. And we avoid them like the plague to even talk about them and like brush them to the Mm -hmm. side. Like all the, with everything.
0: So weird. Yeah. Like, oh, like, why do you think we brush them to the side? Uh, well, personally, because it has been brushed to the
1: side, I, I have experienced that. And me going through that, and especially because I've never spoken about it to everybody, mm-hmm. there's a very small niche of people that do know coming out after the Me Too movement. It, it's totally oh. weird. It's weird to say this happened to me. People are like, oh, did it. Yeah, did it. Like, you don't act like the rest of them. You don't look like the rest of them. Did it really happen to you? So my own personal experience with it is that exactly. That it does it does, and has and still every day gets brushed to the side. Like no big deal. And it's okay because I do my own work and I go to therapy and I have worked on myself. But that doesn't mean that it's still not important and that it shouldn't be addressed or that it shouldn't be talked about or that it shouldn't be something that's educated in homes to make sure that it doesn't happen. Like that's, that's something that's important that your children should be spoken to so that they're protected for their future, not just brushed to the side or not spoken about it. It's like not taboo because, you know, taboo is like that, like fantasy thing that happens. It happens and it mm-hmm. needs to be discussed with our children. Like children need to be aware of like safety things and boundaries. And
0: so without getting too yeah, about, like, you know, I know yeah. what you've gone through, but yeah. for people that don't. Could you be a little bit more specific about yeah. what has happened to you?
1: Yeah, um, when I was a child under ten, I was molested by a uh, somebody close to our family, somebody uh, that you would um, you know keep close to, just part of your family mm-hmm. um, for many years, too many years to count. And yes, one day it stopped. Mm-hmm. which is great and I'm thankful for that day forever and always grateful uh, but the mental damage and the physical damage are everlasting like yeah right. it stopped it stopped when I was young yeah that doesn't mean that I don't carry it every single day of my life and that it didn't affect me in different aspects as a child too yeah
0: so so then do you feel like M- me too movement was able to help you speak it um yes and no um
1: I I knew it was important to obviously have this conversation with my husband. It had to be had with Mm -hmm. my husband. And so I went to him and told him what had happened. But I have, I knew that it was affecting my life and who I was as a person. Mm -hmm. And especially as an adult, there were a lot of things that were starting to come up. And I was questioning things like, okay, why am I this way? There are certain things I want to change about myself. There are certain things that I want to do and accomplish. And there's something that's holding me back so i definitely had to do some self help and some major therapy to get me to where i am um i did a lot of coping as a kid weird coping as a kid there's like coping mechanisms for children like i, I didn't, didn't even know
0: you were doing i it.
1: didn't even announce like i and I, prior to announcing about when i announced i guess i joined um, the crisis call center of Northern Nevada. They help with announcing, meaning telling, you telling, people. yeah, telling okay. the few people that do know. Yeah, when I finally was like, okay, I'm gonna, I want to take ownership of it and and tell people that didn't know. So I, you know, shared my shared my story. There's only a handful of people that know, and not anymore. Yeah, I was gonna ah. say the handful starts to grow, especially today. Um, there's, I, I think I'm at a point now where I'm okay sharing more. Obviously, there are things that I keep to myself forever and always. That's stuff that I don't want to talk about. But my journey and who I've become and who I am and how far I've come, I think it's important to share those types of things. And I do feel like as a kid, I did have coping mechanisms that most did not. Most have sexual um, addictions or drug addictions or alcohol or those types of things. I didn't ever have those. I did have a small stint of alcohol you know, moments as a, as a young teen. I think I was 13 when I started drinking the very first time. And by 15, I stopped one of my friends died in a car accident or a kid that I went to high school with died in a car accident. And that was it for me. Like I stopped drinking till I was 21. So mm. it's that, those moments that there are things that happen to you that impact your life and make you do and choose certain things or live a specific life. But I, I chose very specific things as a kid and I had very, you know, I think one of the things that I am, I am socially awkward. If <laughs> You get <kidding> me <laughs> out in the open with random people. I am socially, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to say hello. My husband had to teach me how to introduce myself to a swim mom to ask for a play date. Like we had to like role play this like conversation because I was always really quiet as a kid. I always was very, you know, to myself, very quiet and very, you know, not, I don't I didn't really speak up a whole lot. I was a crappy reader. Like there were random things that I look back and I'm like, Oh, huh, I probably should have said something sooner and had all these things addressed. I did not. Yeah. And that's totally fine. And one well,
0: weird things that you wouldn't yes. necessarily think went hand in hand. Yes, Yeah.
1: Okay. Big time. Oh yeah. Things that I'm like, Ugh, that's why that happens. Got it. And It's with random things throughout the mm-hmm. day or, you know, you know, not every single day is the same, but you know, there's always things. And I wanted to seek help and get help for myself. So as I started to reach out and I started to seek help for myself, I started to become more and more mm, empowered by who I was as a person and able to share specific things. And that's why I think I am able to share what happened to me today and talk about it a little bit more than I was five years ago or even 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I would have denied it.
0: So like when you say that you started telling people, was Mitchell one of the first or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was there anybody that you had told prior to that or no, he was like number one.
1: He was actually number two oh. who I told. I actually told somebody that I worked with first um, back in my old really? salon days. Yep. Back in my old salon days. Oh. I told somebody in the break room that I was going to therapy and that I was going to start the, you know, start the process of healing myself and that I was starting to get, closer to a point in wanting to share and she was actually the first person that I told and I will forever hold that person in my heart because she was able to hold and and carry that I, won't, I don't want to say burden but that that information she was able to hold and and be a space for me which I she was the first well okay I told somebody in like middle school and they laughed at me and made fun of me so I shut down forever after that Aww. until I was an adult obviously Aww. and um They made fun of me and I was like, oh my God, I can't ever talk about it again. anybody, yeah. Yeah, I can't tell anybody. So uh, educating your children to help with others if they tell you those types of things, like go to your parent and tell them and seek help for that child. Like don't ignore them or make fun of them, you ridiculous children, but you know, whatever. Um, But this person like holds a very special place in my heart because I told them and they were able to respond in the way that was healthy the way that you should have responded when somebody tells you that information like yeah. gave a hug and cried with you and was the shoulder to like cry I on I know him. who this is yeah and uh, this person i love this person forever and always so um thank you and you know exactly who you are <laughs> and i know you'll listen and um, Mitchell was um the second person i did tell though yeah. i told him you know i'm going to therapy i need some help and how did he take it um he took it he obviously took it w- well i guess yeah. um it was it's obviously a really difficult conversation to have. Um, He didn't really have a whole lot of questions, which was good because I don't know how I would have like. Were you married at the time? Or... We had just gotten married. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was just a little bit after we got married that I told him. And I, I'm only sad that I didn't tell him when we were first together. I think that would have been important to share that early on. And I just wasn't in a place to be strong enough to share that with him. And I am now and him and I discuss it and how it affects certain things in our lives and and the day to day. And when I have a crappy day, I just look at him and I say, I just can't do it right now. And he says, that's fine. And he gives me a hug. And I, I I do what McKinsey needs to, if that's Mm -hmm. going to therapy or if that's self-care and whatever it is, he allows me to be that person. And I think that's, I think that's what's support and, and what's amazing is that, that the person is there for you. But yeah, he was the second person I told. And did he have any like, um,
0: how come you didn't tell me sooner
1: no no thank goodness he did not because I would feel guilty if he said like why didn't you tell me sooner you know like and obviously in like a nice way like why didn't you tell me sooner I would have been here for you or whatever he didn't trust me to tell me yeah I'm so thankful that he didn't ever take it that way and didn't he just you know said thank you so much for sharing I really appreciate you you know being strong enough to share that and that he's always there for me and you know if I ever need anything or you know, he's that support system. He responded in that way. He responded in the way that they're supposed to respond with a hug and, you know, a kiss and a cuddle and a, you know, everything's going to be okay. And I'm here for you and I'm here to protect you forever. You know, that that, like warmth, like he gave me that feeling, which was protection, you know, which I did not have as a kid. Like I did, I wasn't protected and I am now. I know that I'm protected one by myself, but two by a spouse that will, you know
0: ride or die,
1: mow down people. Right. <laughs> said needed. He's yeah. got you. <laughs> He's got me. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do, you know, I do feel like people aren't able to speak up. I wish that they did. And, you know, like I said, I joined the and Crawl- call center of Northern Nevada and they help with um, suicide and those types of things. And they've been around for 50 years. Wow. I could have taken advantage of using them as children and I didn't know because it's not in schools. It's not no. shared people, even suicide. Suicide is one of those things that like, there is a rise in suicide and there's not enough people talking about it. There's not enough people uh, reaching out for support and making sure that every child and every person has this number to call. Mm -hmm. It's important Mm -hmm. that there is support out there for people. And I didn't feel like I had the support back then as a child to, to say something and get the support that I needed. So I didn't say anything and I kept it to myself until I was an adult when I was able to make that choice and, and wanted to make that choice to address my issues and, and go forward so
0: yeah I think uh I think kids are very like fleeting so I feel like a lot of these things are around like even the safe spaces like at the airport yeah. or McDonald's yep. or whatever I think they're there and I think it's amazing and you might hear about it in school but yep. it's like once during share yeah one time and,
1: I, and it's like it okay, feels like awful.
0: something that needs to be like addressed on an annual basis yeah. like yep and the phone number in the a,
1: bathroom at the school and yeah. It should just be more widely understood that there is that there is help out there mm-hmm. for anybody going through anything at any point. Like right now we're going through holiday blues. Like oh, yeah. please seek help if you need it. There are people out there that are non-judgmental that will be there through a text message. Like oh my, I feel like this is the point where we need to put that phone we need number to like, share it, the like phone yeah. Number. So I guess I should start out by saying if it's an emergency, you should call 911 and um the number that you can call is 1-800-273-8255 or you can text the word care to eight three nine eight six three, 863 and there is always somebody there to help you um and you should be heard and you should be taken care of and you should you should feel like you have a spot to be heard and to mm-hmm. have a conversation with somebody if something has happened to you, you should always feel like you have somebody to lean on and they are a really good starting point and I wish I would have had them when I was younger.
0: Do you feel like there was anything like that happened in like in your in this experience you had that like you yeah. held you back from saying anything like like what was going through your mind that kept you from saying something because maybe if we talk about that people will kind of recognize it in themselves. Yeah. And and tell themselves to knock that shit off and tell somebody.
1: Yeah. Um. I don't. I didn't ever have that. Because a lot of people will say like, oh, it it. Especially when they're older and they've had these thoughts. You know, a lot of people like even if you watch like SVU, like the TV show Law and Order SVU, a lot of them will say like it was my fault or like feeling like it's their it it was on them and it was their choice and they had any any part in that decision and you did not. That was I think the part that. Um, uh, me as an adult that's something that I battle with every day is not being able to make the choice for myself mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to make the choice for myself back then and I I didn't feel like I had somebody that was protecting me that could protect me when I went and it was time to say something and I think that's why I didn't speak up is that I just kind of I thought I could manage it on my own and that it was totally okay and everything was fine and McKinsey's got it. And even as a kid, it's ridiculous to think that and say that. But I think that now as an adult that I just, I was like, it will end at some point. It will end at some point. And that's why I kept telling myself and it, it might,
0: Mm -hmm. and it,
1: and it doesn't for everybody. And you, you have to take it upon yourself to make a decision that you get to that you get to make and you get to go reach out for help and go say like this happened to me it doesn't matter how long ago it happened
0: um was there like a feeling of like I'm I'm trying to go back to little girl Mackenzie like like shame like I can't tell anybody or um or fear like I can't tell anybody or or something will
1: happen it was totally probably both I mean especially with it being somebody so close Mm -hmm. having that that thought of you know if you know this is where my mind goes your family being ripped apart mm-hmm. I, do I mm-hmm. want to be responsible for that D- hell no like even though
0: it wouldn't be your, it
1: it wouldn't you be wouldn't my be fault responsible and for like it, yeah. you should rip your family apart for that McKenzie but McKenzie I'm always called an old soul so I have this moment of like I felt like I was strong enough to hold it and that it was totally okay. And, and that, you know, McKinsey could manage it and could manage the family's burden and hold it forever and ever. And I don't want to hold it anymore. Like (laughs) it's on all you people I'm done. Like I shouldn't have to hold that. It wasn't right. It's not okay. And I'm, I'm taking more steps now as an adult to be better with that and to think like McKinsey, you should have done something different or you, or There should have been support somewhere there for you to feel like you could have said something. And I didn't feel like there was any back then. So I think Mm -hmm. that's why I'm making the choices today to stand up and and make a voice for myself that I didn't have for little girl Mackenzie.
0: (laughs) Oh. I've got these like dopey puppy dog eyes looking at you like, it's okay, Mackenzie, I love you. I'll go back in time with my
1: time machine and get you. Like hold me and make me safe. And no, it... Yeah. No, of course I you know, thinking back, like, no, of course, like, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. And of course, like, yes, if I could go back and change the past and still be the same person I am today, of course, I would take it away and, and, and wish that it didn't happen. And it did. And, and it's okay. And I don't want, I don't want to be treated. I'm not, I'm not coming out and talking about it because I want to be treated different. I still want to be treated like the same Mackenzie that looks like she has her shit together.
0: Because she does. Because I
1: do. and That's okay. But on the inside, of course, I have anxiety. And I I have issues with specific things, but I hold a lot of it on the inside. And I still want to hold a lot of it on the inside. I want to share it with the people that I want to share it with. And yeah, I just, I want to be... I want to be different. I don't want to be perceived that way. I didn't, I didn't ever want to be a statistic. I think I've kind of chatted about that. It's like, I didn't want to be like the rest of them. And I think that's maybe part of what made me not say anything when I was younger is I didn't want to be that person or I didn't want to be that. And you know, when I was old enough to even know that, oh my God, that happened to me. And I, this is bad. I mean, I Mm -hmm. learned in chair class that that was like, oh, that's what happened to me. Cause
0: because you don't know you have
1: no idea like yeah bring me a five-year-old that knows what's going on like they don't and uh, that was when I knew something had happened to me was in shared class and even then I didn't feel comfortable enough to like ooh, raise my hand and talk to the teacher in class and tell her like oh that's what happened to me like
0: no crazy so there was like totally this disconnect like almost like knowing that what was happening was wrong but just not knowing enough yep oh that's so interesting yeah
1: and and they don't teach you anything in share class about like next steps it's if it has happened or if Mm -hmm. if you get into a situation where it happens and this is the the process that you should do and not that it should be on share to do it but if that's where I learned it they should at least give you the next you know step a you know b Mm -hmm. through z what to
0: do next not you know the prelude and the a like it's so funny and maybe sure maybe sure has come a long way since i had it but i remember specifically thinking that you only got your period one time in your entire life like and from that moment on you yeah. could have a baby but it was just one time and so the first time i ever got my period i totally hit it yes. because i was like whatever yes, i too. got this it's fine i'm just gonna have this one thing and then it's over yeah. And when I had it a second time I finally like broke down crying to my mom. Yeah. Who had I mean I grew up in a LDS Latter-day Saint Mormon family and 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 she was a teen mom so maybe it was a combination of those yeah. things. you just didn't talk about it. Yeah. You didn't talk about sex, you didn't talk yeah. about period. I'm maybe she you know, fearful or maybe her mom didn't talk about it. Probably. At
1: all. And I think that's the part that I want to make different choices for our for our kids I want to make sure that you know kids we've changed the plural well I mean well okay (laughs) I was talking (laughs) about reference to your three children and my one child okay um sure yeah I looked at you when I said children um (laughs) I I just want to be I want to make sure that they're educated that they're educated to a point that it's better to bring it to their attention than it not be in their attention. Cause I don't want another seven year old child teaching my Sloan girl about sex. Like that's it, not, not cool. No, I, I want to be the one that teaches her because my mom did not teach me. Mm-hmm. My mom didn't have those conversations with me because her mom, like you said, probably didn't have a conversation with her either. So not so much fault on her, but she didn't make that choice on her
0: own to teach me. Yeah. And trust me, I got kids in that age group and yeah. I'm looking at them like, oh shit, it's time. It's time. And I'm, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm dragging my feet. I'm going to be honest with you. I've for every other mom out there having the same conversation, I'm dragging my feet on it. <laughs> I don't I'm, blame I'm you. I'm a little bit terrified. It's
1: uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable, but do you want it? Do I don't you want it the other way. Yeah. No, I don't. You so don't. I'm just yeah. gonna,
0: I'm just gonna bite the bullet. I'm yeah. like reading some books and I got like, I got this.
1: And I think that's what a lot of parents get, I think, caught up in is <clears throat> they don't want to have the conversation about sex. Mm-hmm. It's not the conversation about sex that you need to have. It's about protecting themselves and about all the back end side of it. Like, no, they shouldn't be having sex at 12. Mm, mm-hmm. New shocker, they are. Mm-hmm. And they're doing yeah. other stuff too. Like, yeah. it, you need to have the conversation. If you haven't yet, like, y- you can tiptoe into it, find some books, find some resources. But things have happened to kids and it's, it's happening. I mean... Have you pulled up a TikTok account recently and just Mm. scrolled the, just the, um, the discuss, like the explore page on Instagram or on TikToks on any of them. The explore page is kind of sketchy.
0: I didn't even know there was an explore page that just shows you how much I know. I'm going to have to. Yeah.
1: Be Cautious, I know. I'm Sorry like, to all the kids out there that I are need gonna get a, in trouble
0: with my parents now, but right? I need it's a YouTube how, yeah, for, YouTube how to, yeah, YouTube how to, how to search your kids' social media shit that you don't understand. Okay, so taking it back a little bit, yeah, yep. How I know it's been somewhat recent that you've like started talking about this mm-hmm. and not just with like your husband, but like your actual family yep. and then your friends. Like how, what has that impact been like? Shock, definitely shock. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's
1: treated me differently, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, yeah, thank goodness. Um, I I often have these moments where I think like, oh, everybody will connect the dots on like why Mackenzie's awkward or like why Mackenzie acts the way she does or why she... Um, you know, doesn't make eye contact the way that, like, most people make eye contact. Like, that's the one thing that always pops in my mind is, like, did I look at that person in the eyes enough? Like, no. Mackenzie, you were awkward as shit. Like, <laughs> they're never going to speak not, to you Or not, and that's all or, in your or, head. Yeah, or just all in my head. And I, that's where my mind goes is to, like, the bad things people are going to notice or put together. And surprisingly it's it's the opposite people often say like I can't believe how strong you are you know you Mm -hmm. show up so different every single day that I honestly forget that it has happened to you because you carry yourself so well and you you are a successful woman and and I and I beg you to think about it differently and think how many strong successful women do you know that might have something that they're hiding because they don't want to talk about it Mm -hmm. and you treat those women differently or you know call them bulldogs or I often get like you're unapproachable and you're a bitch and I'm high five to me like a good thing I'm unapproachable because that's my protection moment like yeah. in my mind but at the same time it's like I want to be approachable I'm fun I'm funny and I I like to have friends but I don't I don't always want to like give you a hug in a sense. Like there are certain things that like McKinsey has like weird disconnects too. So a lot of my friends have been really super supportive obviously. And, um, my family has been really supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband is ultra supportive. Of course. Yeah, of course. And yeah, it's, um, I have been met with a, a lot different approach than, than when I did speak out one time when I was, I think I was seventh grade, I think is what I said. And, um, Um, I was, I was hit with something I didn't think that I was going to be hit with. I was not hit with support and protection from this person that I told. It was not good. It was not a great experience. And I have been, I have, as I've shared with specific people that I feel comfortable sharing with, Mm -hmm. I get the protection and the love and the care and the, and the support that I needed um, Mm -hmm. from these people. So they've been over, over supportive in Mm -hmm. a a way that I would have never guessed.
0: Any, um negativity or anything like caught you off guard in telling people or I can't imagine that's easy for parents to hear yeah um
1: there were a couple people I did tell that I didn't get the immediate response that I needed and I will be completely honest hearing that for the very first time it's probably shocking it's freaking shocking and my comment to every single person that I have said so far is I don't want you to change the way you treat this person.
2: Mm, mm-hmm.
1: I want you to treat me in a different way. Got it. I want okay. you to be more accepting and, and open to who McKinsey is and who she wants to be. And not so much eat that person alive. Got it. Okay. I don't want to destroy lives here. Yeah. No, there was a massive mistake. And there was something that even that person wishes they took back. And I'm, o- I'm okay with where I'm at with that person
0: got it and so so kind of by your words I'm assuming that this person was also younger at the time yes older than you older than me younger younger. yeah okay
1: older than me younger person
0: um so it sounds like you have maybe some empathy for
1: I don't find myself to be an empathetic or sympathetic person I don't know (laughs) like when I I hear my circle when I hear
0: you (laughs) say that you don't want anybody to eat him alive and you you have no intention of their life being ruined. Yeah, I think like that's a level of empathy
1: oh, to you a know? point. Yeah. yeah, and I will say, um, as a, I don't know how to say this nicely, uh, the justice system sucks, mm. and there's nothing to be done at this moment. So we're gonna we're gonna red cloak shame him with a bell down the street by our our society's justice system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: what what that doesn't fulfill me. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who matters at the end of the day, not him. And I, I want to give myself power. I want to give myself options. I want to be able to reinstill faith back into the person, the victim, the person who it happened to, and stop shining light on the bad person. And sense. I feel like if you call that person out by name or if or if they're treated differently, you're still losing at the end of the day because that person's getting the attention. Oh. So I, not that that person shouldn't be quote unquote prosecuted for what they did or shouldn't go through something for what they did, but they don't matter. It's the person that it happened to that matters and finding out what they need and being a support system for them and really being there to help them rebuild their rebuild. However they need to be rebuilt, I think is what's more important at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's so much empathy or if it's just, I don't, I don't find it to be empathy or sympathy. I find it to be more selfish because I'm thinking about myself. Yes, I am saying treat that person however you would like to, but I feel like it comes back to me and being selfish and and thinking more about myself than, than them.
0: I don't think that's selfish. (laughs) I think that's like (laughs) self, maybe self-preservation. Yeah. I don't know that that I find it selfish. Yeah. I just think it's interesting the way that you worded like the, like initially saying like, don't blow that person up, just yeah. focus on me. Just focus on me.
1: Yeah. And the focus should be on, on me, uh, not, yeah. on, not on them. And I think that's why I approached the conversation that way and, and told them what had happened and then said, I'm not going to think of you any differently if you treat them differently, because it doesn't empower me at all. It doesn't Mm -hmm. empower me for you to stand up for me. Like you didn't stand up for me when a kid, when it was happening, when I feel like there were, there were red flags, flashing red lights. McKinsey needs help and there was no help provided. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't put my I don't put faith into people to protect me I protect myself and I make sure that I don't allow other people's feelings and judgments to like make me feel a specific way like McKenzie's gonna think whatever she wants and if you think that she's a bitch or that she's rude or that
0: unapproachable
1: unapproachable I don't care don't approach me then like if you can't (laughs) step up and like be on my level like go away like I try to be open-minded and at the same time like I don't need people to like handhold you yeah handhold me like i i'm i'm a grown-ass woman i'll take care of myself like (laughs) but i'm still like i want to be like cuddled and taken care of by like my husband but thank you i got this
0: like now okay if you could prosecute would you
1: i don't know i don't know maybe possibly i find i find more power in in my approach to it. and the way that I address the situation. I don't know if jail time. I don't know. I I, have, I don't know. That's a good question. I've never been asked that question. Or never thought about it that way. I mean. Mm. I do think that people should pay for what they did. And. I don't. I don't know. Because there are so. And I don't mean to get like all political. But there are so many people in the system. That mm. shouldn't be in the
0: system. That's true.
1: And. Yeah. Uh, the people that have been in the system that were falsely accused that are now on the outside, like they have the they have such a different life that they live. So I don't, mm-hmm. I do, yes, I do think that like justice needs to be served and like this person should take ownership for what they did. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. On but all maybe levels. Maybe that's not
0: always. Um, but it might not always black and be, white of go to jail. Yeah,
1: it might not be go to jail. Maybe it's a rehab thing, or or I'm going back to child moment. It should be an education moment.
0: Yeah. Or even um oftentimes people that I statistically speaking that molest were molested. So yeah. maybe it's like a therapy thing yep. or I don't, yep. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's a right answer yes. for this, but there's gotta be something.
1: I know. And I think that's the tough point is that each scenario is a little bit different. I think is kind of the big pieces. Like there are some situations where yes, it's two young children, or yes, it's an adult and a child, or it's two adults. And and those three scenarios are completely different. And Mm -hmm. if you gave me somebody else's shoes that went through, quote unquote, the same thing as me, I'd choose my own shoes. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't choose Mm -hmm. their shoes. I would walk in them and be humble and thankful for allowing me to walk in their shoes and say, thank you, this is yours. I have my own and Mm -hmm. I would choose mine any day. Like uh, There are There are people that go through awful, awful things and those people should be prosecuted in a much different way than, than other scenarios. But I've never, I didn't ask the question why, Mm -hmm. and I never asked the question, did it happen to you? And I think that if it did happen to them, I hope that they also went and got help for themselves to, to find out why they took the choices that they did and, and they could have, they could have done something different for somebody else but clearly they weren't strong enough to stand up and say it happened to them also.
0: Yeah. But I'm choosing to. Well, it's, it's interesting to listen to you talk about this because I think what I'm hearing you say or at least my perception of what I'm hearing you say is like you don't necessarily believe prosecution for what has occurred to you is necessary. And so you, oh, how do I say that? I don't even know how to say this. It's like, it's like you want, it's like you wish it didn't happen, right? Of course. Yes, of but course. But you realize that it did, did and there's no going back. Yep. But prosecuting or dragging that person through the dirt really doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for it's, me. So your dealing with it isn't find necessarily finding justice yeah. from that person, but just inner peace. Yeah. And like a deeper understanding of why you are the way you are, yep. how to fix the things that you you don't love that were caused by this yep. and moving forward Yep, in that way.
1: Yeah, because I don't, like I said, I think it's important to try people for what they did wrong. There's mm-hmm. a lot of wrong in this world and people are not, not tried the way that they should be Mm -hmm. there is justice that does not happen there are so many people that don't seek justice and don't get justice for what has happened to their kids or to their loved ones or any of that and justice means something different for everybody i think and justice for me is peace of mind Mm -hmm. and making sure that that mckinsey's okay Mm -hmm. because like it, it doesn't it doesn't make it go away it doesn't accept it it doesn't make it better it doesn't, doesn't. It it doesn't solve anything for me. It it doesn't.
0: Yeah. I wonder if for a lot of people it it doesn't. Like it, I, like I really know. at the end of the yeah. day, like yep. I mean, you you hear about like cases that go on for years yeah. and getting up and having to reclaim your story to people that don't know you and getting drugged through media or just mm-hmm. like, and I'm sometimes I wonder like, is it worth it?
1: And, like, uh, and I would say no I would say in this scenario no because it's not it wouldn't do anything for me at the end of the day yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't like put a little perfect bow on the top and say like "Hey, it's all good Mackenzie's all right and now like no yeah. <laughs> yeah, no like I have so much like it's work like, to do on like the inside and on Mackenzie's brain and like ugh, so many things that like that's not gonna fix it and I can't I can't rely on an outside source to fix something that's something that I can control, something that I can change and something that I can do differently. So well,
2: that's crazy.
0: I mean, I actually, um, because of the nature of like our job or my job and your used to be yeah. job, right. We used I'm going to go and let our audience know that we've both been hairdressers <laughs> in this <laughs> lifetime. Uh, it happens to a lot of people.
1: You're yeah. You're a holder of you're an unpaid therapist, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. like massively as a hairdresser. There was, I remember one of the hairdressers I worked with said that she did the husband's hair, and the wife went to somebody else in the salon, which she was totally fine with, and that didn't matter. But the husband was having an affair with another person, oh. and that hairdresser was doing. The husband's hair and the affair, per, like the person that was in the affair. So she had like the two of them, and then one of the other hairdressers had the wife, and it was like, oh my god, I drama to like make sure none of them came in at the same time, and it was like, oh my god, is there going to be overlap? Like the drama that happens in in salons, like that yeah. could be an episode all on its
0: own. Yeah. I don't. It's funny because um, I'm sure there are salons out there where there is a lot of just drama, but mm-hmm. I feel like in the salons I've been in, at least, it's always um, like the client bringing in their drama yeah like it's not necessarily drama between the hairstylist yeah no no it's always the client's drama yeah and you're just like what the fuck people live like this like no I don't know
1: that was always my like sorry whoever were my clients but I remember like going back to the back and like what did your person say today because my person like this is what happened to them and it was Mm -hmm. like you're Mm -hmm. comparing people's stories that they're sharing Mm -hmm.
0: with you during their like hour and a half yeah therapy (laughs) session with you but (laughs) It's funny because I, I feel like we're telling like dirty hairdresser secrets, yeah. but you almost need to. Yeah. because well, You can't sh- hold that. No, you cannot. Hold like that. you need your
1: own therapist for your like hairdressers need therapists. Yes. Like so you're <gasps> going in back and you're like, this is what just happened. Yeah. And like, you can't hold that. That's too much. No. I, there was, I had a client that, um, kind of uh, just she shared stuff with me and I was like I don't like it was stuff that needed to be turned into said authority somebody oh. needed to know and she took her own she you know she did take her own um steps in like addressing all these situations and everything but holding on to that for her I was like uh, I, I'm not strong enough for this like yeah. I don't they just like word vomit on you and you just hold it and you just give them a hug and then you say I'll see you in six
0: weeks yeah yeah, you almost have to let it go at the door. Yeah, you do. It, Which, yeah. I mean, you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that um, somebody did that for you in yeah. the salon. And yes. so,
1: or the salon will always have like such a special heart, such a special place in my heart because of that. Like, yeah, yeah, always.
0: Yeah, there's just something about that damn, like a building full of a bunch of women yeah. doing <laughs> hair and touching people. I really think there is something to not just talking to people and having that ability. Yeah but touching them. Yeah. It's like, like having that. Yeah. Full, it, like it's a whole nother connection with people. Yeah. If zero is I'm not talking to you at all and I've like turned my back on you and 10 is like, I'm going to tell you all my dirty little secrets. Yeah. <laughs> like sitting in your chair is like seven and putting your hands on them is like nine. Yeah. Like, it's coming out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. They're going to tell you everything. Yeah. All I'm, their dark little secrets. Lots of comfort. Well, yeah. um, I'm going to wrap this up because I got to get one of my babies, but, um, I wanted you to talk a little bit about your blog before we hopped off and, um, and your real estate business with your husband. Um, so
1: I journaling was always my outlet. Mm -hmm. That was always my way of, um, I guess holding all my information and not really holding it, I would journal. So I've always kind of had a, had a want for writing altogether. So I do have my own blog. I, it's for motherhood measure. And, um, I write about, and I'm making more steps in my life to being more open and happy to share more things in life. But for right now, it is all about travel and our, our way of travel hacking and how we live our life and how we do fly first class with lie back seats with our two-year-old and how we accomplish nice. that. Like we like to share that because it is accomplishable by it. It really is accomplishable. I want it to, I want it to be easy for people to think about and obtain in life. Um, I, I talk about, you know, finances, and I talk about being a mother, and I talk about eating healthy and being healthy.
0: And cooking, right? And like cooking, You are like yeah. this fan, secret fantastic I cook, am, aren't yeah. you?
1: Yes, I love the kitchen. Um, the kitchen, <laughs> if you ever come to my house for a dinner party of any sort, I will not let you do the dishes, even if I've slaved for hours on cooking, because I'm a freaking psychopath about how the dishes go in the dishwasher, and how the pots and pans get cleaned, and how the sink gets cleaned, so... I'm a little bit of a, like a neurotic person when it comes to the kitchen, but I absolutely love and have a passion for cooking. I do not follow recipes. I will print out a recipe and then I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Starting base. I'll use the chicken out of this. And then (laughs) like from there, it's like McKinsey's own creation from there. Um, I can't wait to come over for dinner. Thank you so much for inviting inviting me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Um, so I talk a lot about, you know, eating, eating good food that's healthy and Mm -hmm. you know, not everything has to have like mayonnaise and cheese and milk in it and heavy cream. Condensed. You can do soup. Yeah. You can definitely do substitutions and um, make a meal that used to be delicious as a child into something that's delicious as an adult. And it's Mm -hmm. good for you. Heart health is really important to me and just health altogether. Um, so, I do blog a lot about just lifestyle stuff over on for motherhood measure and a lot about the community too. Um, community kind of transfers in between my, my personal blog and my, and our work blog. Mm -hmm. Um, the community is something that's really important to us and having events and being able to go to events and, um, just having knowledge of, uh, no, you are not buying and selling right this second. And you might sometime in the future, or maybe you won't, maybe you'll buy an investment property or you'll buy a second home. I want you to be knowledgeable in your choices and your options. Mm-hmm. Um, even like this past year, you may not have wanted to buy a house, but refinancing your house was a really good idea.
0: Ooh, I so did. we shared
1: yeah. a lot about refinancing and why it's important and what you could do with your equity that you have in your home, even if you bought two years ago. So we share a lot of just helpful, useful tips for you to make the right decision for yourself when you are ready for you and your family. Um, When you're doing like the 12 days of... We are. We're doing 12 days of living local right now. Oh, I love Uh, that. So we're spotlighting. Um, We used to do business spotlights all through the pandemic. And before that, we did it a little bit differently. We did one a month is what we used to do. Uh, We used to do a um, video with them and then like a full blog post about them. And um, more recently, we've started to spotlight more businesses and a little bit different. Um, We'll still do the videos and the blog posts the way that we did. But right now we're doing 12 days of living local on our social media and... Um, each day for 12 ish days. Mm -hmm. Um, We're posting about a new business and um, just here locally. And it's not about small businesses because technically the Bureau does 100 to 1500 employees as a small business. We're talking about micro businesses here, like single owned family, like Reno, Nevada locals is what's really important to us. So we wanted to spotlight people that have less than a hundred employees that really are, are the, cornerstone in the heart of Reno Mm -hmm. um Reno Sparks so yeah we're sharing some of them and it's it's been so much fun so far to like get out there and see them and it's really funny we're spotlighting a Christmas tree lot and we're (gasps) Jewish so I was trying to think of like a funny way to like spotlight them and um I don't even care that it's all for like christian fellowship and it's for children and i don't care it has something to do with kids and it's our friends and it's a tree lot like i don't care that i'm jewish and that i'm that we don't celebrate christmas like i'm gonna support you no matter what and i love that i just care for people in our community and in all walks of
0: life well and i mean you you say that like um like something like it's kind of bad or whatever like i'm what i'm hearing you say is like that it's wrong or bad that you might be Jewish. And so you're, you know, supporting this Christmas tree lot. But what really I hear is like, this is somebody else that in a different way really cares about the community. Yep. Um, the fellowship of Christian athletes, I believe if I'm speaking about this correctly is a group of pastors that like seek out athletics to bring people to God. Yep. Um, because, Everybody that goes to church already knows about him. Yeah, um, and so this is their way to get, like get into the community and serve kids. Like even if yep. even if these kids don't end up going to church, just yep. somebody different to talk to. And- yeah.
1: Well, it goes back to our conversation earlier about um, structure and houses mm-hmm. with religion, and how, and you can be atheist, and still, you know, bring in, bring in structure into the home, but religion is one of those that does it on its own, mm-hmm. and I don't care what religion you are, or what you do, or whatnot, as long as you're supporting the community, and one, yeah. you're helping kids, like, I have a soft spot for kids, like, same, sign days. my butt up, like, yeah. I am there, like, I have to wear a Santa hat, like, okay, fine, whatever, Let's do like, this, we're fine, just wrap yeah. me in lights, it's <laughs> yeah. good,
0: so is, uh, do you have a favorite like business that you're spotlighting in these 12 days mm, or one I that you want to give
1: like a special shout out? Uh, to. No, I do not want to give a special. I mean, I feel like I did kind of just give a special yeah, right. shout out. Um, BTW yeah. it's,
0: um, by, um, Tom Dolan's Reno Mastic Kia. Yes, it
1: is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's right there on South Virginia street. Yay. All proceeds go to children. Um, no, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think I did kind of spotlight one unknowingly just now, but, <laughs> um, I, all businesses have like a really super soft spot. It was hard to narrow it down to 12. Like it was so hard. I had people that reached out to me and they were like, is your 12 days already like all filled? Like, can we have a spot? And I was thinking like, how do I make it more days? And I'm like, can you just put them on the list and feature them another day? Like, it's going to be
0: okay. There are 17 days until Christmas. So you could just change up the wording. Could. Yeah. Except for all the branding already has, you know, 12 days of living local. Right. But yeah, I mean, 12 days plus
1: five. Yeah, plus five. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do like a couple stories and like highlight other people. And uh, no, I have no, I just, I think it's absolutely fascinating that people put forth money and effort into their businesses. I, I just love that. I love that people want to be entrepreneurs and I want to support every single one of you that, you know, wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to build their own business, small, you know, big business or micro. I just I love businesses altogether. I think it's fascinating.
0: Ditto. Yeah. Well, and I think you gotta have a strong stomach to have a business. So.
1: Yes. Well, I mean you and I experienced that. Woo! You on a little bit different level.
0: <laughs> I was, you know, sole prop hairdresser. You knew much different. So I went at it. Got yeah, it. you went yeah. full on. <laughs> I guess that'll be for another podcast, but, um, thank you so much, Mackenzie. So yours, mine is for motherhood measure mm -hmm. and, and and the the business
1: one is uh, Ross home sales is the, um, other one that you can get or Ross home group. You can always look up either one of those two and it'll draw you straight to the website. Um, it is like a regular home search website, but you can click on the blog and read through some of the blogs. We have just fun stuff and recipes and just random things on there too. Of course, I had to bring over my recipes because, duh.
0: Hello. (laughs) You're in the home, right? Right. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mackenzie, for being with us and sharing your story. I know that, like, whether it's this year or five years from now, this podcast will live on and somebody will hear this and it will save them.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for allowing me to come on here and to be that sport that helps me you know speak out a little bit more because I have not shared it with a whole lot of people and now a whole lot more people will know so yeah here
0: we go <laughs> thanks for being my first you're very, very <laughs> welcome of course all right I love you bro. love you thank you if you enjoyed this episode leave us a comment or like If you'd like to see video content of this episode, follow us on our YouTube channel, Hillary Simply. And as always, stay passionately curious. You're listening to Hillary Simply, and I'm your host, Hillary. In the words of Albert Einstein, I have no special talents, I'm just passionately curious. So let's get curious, unpopular, and honest on endless topics together. you enjoyed this episode, leave us a comment or like. If you'd like to see video content of this episode, follow us on our YouTube channel, Hillary Simply. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, stay passionately curious.